0: Welcome to Savvy Sabs Podcast on Call In. This is episode 125, Peter Dow interview recap. Let's chat. So I'm pretty sure you guys got some thoughts here. I'll go ahead and bring Eric up um, as a speaker and then I'm just going to check my volume really quick on the media so I don't have to do that later. That's good to go. And let's go ahead and bring in Zach. I'm not going to waste any time. We're just going to bring you right in here. What's up, Zach? You just got to unmute. Tell us what's going on.
1: Hey, Shabby. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you loud and clear.
1: Right on. Uh, and hello, Eric. Uh, it's good to see you. I've, I haven't i have been uh, watching Savvy's shows. I've been dealing with some medical stuff, so it's good to see your little circle. Um, oh,
0: no. I hope you're okay.
1: Yeah. Um, if we had a longer time, I, I might get into it, but I, I'm not going to waste too much. Um, so Peter Dow, I am going to touch on that for a second. Um I don't trust him. Uh he's 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 been an insider and um they they have to work very hard to earn our trust. Um I'm very I don't I want to say I'm very disappointed in um who's who's the main greener who who brought him in. I always forget her name. That runs for president. Called? Yes, I'm very disappointed. Well, so I don't know the man personally, but, you know, Jimmy Dore has educated me on the fact that, you know, how corrupt, you know, the the campaigns he's involved in have been neoliberal and not to my liking, but there's also some corruption there. So I'm very, very suspicious of him. Um, Yeah, and and that's what I have to say about that.
0: All right. Um, Well, I guess... I guess I would say that um, I think what Peter has to understand and this is why I, I think I said this twice during the interview is that it's very difficult for people to trust someone who was inside the Democratic Party these days just because of the way that we have been, you know, misled by Bernie and the squad and all of them. So anyone that's coming in right now is again, the threshold is so much higher than it was back then. So people are gonna be doubtful. Um, And I'm not one to say that someone cannot have a political journey. I had a political journey. I voted for Obama in 08, you know, like Bernie Sanders really woke me up uh, like a lot of us. Uh, But I think, I'm not even looking at the Hillary stuff. Like I asked those questions because I know people wanted to know but I'm looking at the more recent things, like the fact that he was just with Marianne's campaign and he went to Cornell's and that's why I wanted him to explain to people why he left that campaign. You know, if you supported Jill Stein, um, or you, you said to support Jill Stein in 2012, then why did you go work for the Hillary campaign? If you voted Green Party in 2020, then why did you go work for Marianne and the Democratic Party? So those were the things. That's why it's that shifting. And I think that's what Peter has to understand, like that bouncing back and forth.
1: Yes, I agree. And I very much do not like um, Marianne Williamson. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I think they're, it's not hard to find the information why somebody would not like her uh, and her campaign. Um, before I leave, I, I really, I, I want to beg <laughs> and ask um, that you consider featuring on your show. Um, there's this bill um, that has been in the works for, for a year or so. Uh, I just learned about it last week. It is called, Um. I think it's from the Senate. I think S is um, when they're come from the Senate. Uh, S dot four one zero two. It's called the SSI Savings Penalty Elimination Act. Um, sorry if you hear my dogs. Um, if you're on disability, you're you are forced to live in poverty, and um, the, this this bill is is aimed at. Uh, removing some of those, uh, restrictions that people like me who are disabled have to live under. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, it, it's also coupled with, uh, they, they put in, there's this penalty if you get married, uh, where you'll lose your benefits and, and they're, they're trying to remove that. So, um, thanks for letting me, uh, um, give my little spiel. I know it was a little, uh, harebrained and um, oh, no, you good, Zach.
2: I, I found the bill. We'll, we'll definitely check it out.
1: Please do, and I, I would, I no, would we, love, we love for you, like that. appreciate. Yeah, it. to feature it on your show because it is really important. Uh, if y'all know anything about the restrictions, people who are disabled have to have to go through. They're they're also thinking about. Uh, raising the cap that you're allowed to earn on on SSI and disability. Right now, your your total holdings you can only have two thousand dollars. They they want to raise that to ten thousand dollars. So um, it I I really need I need people to get their eyes on this. And uh, thank you for letting me speak.
2: Cool. Yeah, I I posted the link in the chat too. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I definitely agree with that. The way the way things are done now is just really, really gross. This whole idea of of getting any kind of bev- uh, benefits—you have to be pushed and fall all the way down into poverty—and it's just, you know, it's it's a bigger piece too of what kind of society do we want to have. And that's part of, you know, what I what I hope would also come through a, a West campaign and in a movement is that this idea that, you know, our, our, our world doesn't have to be this shitty. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of where I come from all this. I, I just don't want a world that, that's this guy, <laughs> is shitty. And so, you know, we, we, we have more than enough wealth and resources to take care of everyone, to, everyone to have a good life. And we just really just have to figure out how to stop the, uh, the billionaires from stealing so much from us. (laughs) Eric. Yeah. um, Anyone? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it
1: it seems like savvy. You might be having some problems. So, um, that was all I had to say. So I'm going to hang up. If you guys have any questions, feel free to put them in the comments. Um, again, uh, before I go, it is uh, S.4102, SSI Savings Penalty Elimination Act. It, it is very important to um, millions of Americans. It, it will raise our quality of life tremendously. Please call your local representatives and pressure them to vote for and support and expand this bill uh, to be better for people, for um you know, they can, it can always be expanded. Uh, thanks, you all. Uh, have a good night.
2: Cool. All right. Yeah, uh, uh having some technical difficulties. Can uh, Noel or Roger? Do you want to unmute and have anything to say? Well, this. I know you always have something to say.
3: This is the reason <laughs> why I was saying, like with with what Zach was talking about, why it's so important to uh also have a. a We should have a backup to make sure that what we have at federal level, we should emulate at um, state level. You feel what I'm saying? So that when the federal government is not doing what it's supposed to do, you have a state version of SSI going on in his state in Colorado. You feel what I'm saying? Because... um, now, you know, the usual thing is, oh, but the federal government can create money and, and the government and the state and local can't, but that's not necessarily true. If you have a public bank, you can actually create the money because that's because Congress gives banks the authorization to print money. You feel what I'm saying? It'll just be based on the, on the taxes, so that can be used to finance any social service program at state level or, or municipal level that they would need. You feel what I'm saying? Also, uh, Eric, like, um, again, what you was talking about, that ballot measure to regulate, that's why I was saying a ballot measure instead to regulate big money, a ballot measure to compete with big money, with a competitive, robust public public financing of grassroots campaign and
0: ballot measures.
2: Gotcha. All right. I think I'm going to, I think we'll bring Dwayne in because I know he's got something to say.
0: Yeah, I can hear again now. Sorry. <laughs> my my internet, I, I dropped a little bit um, because I'm in the car. Like, I'm trying to make sure I'm good for tomorrow because we're supposed to get a hurricane tomorrow. So that's It'll why. get a was... bit windy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure I, I got, that's one more thing I had to go out and get because I didn't want to um, have to deal with that tomorrow. But uh, go ahead. Uh oh, can you
4: you hear me? Okay, great. Yeah, it's gonna be windy here too. So, uh, but I like wind. Uh, (laughs) I like it when it's windy out. Hopefully, we won't lose power. Okay, so savvy. Great interview, um, but. You caught him. You caught him. Oh, I hated the term Bernie bros. <laughs> oh, wait a second. You did use it once, didn't you? Oh, yeah.
0: Maybe it was just that one time. <laughs> I, I, people, same I, thing too. I think this is why a lot of times I don't like to look at the chat when I'm doing interviews because I, I Oh, think, no.
4: It was, it was very entertaining. There. I, um, I think
0: people have to be a little bit patient because the thing is, I already have questions that I'm going to ask, so... You know, however people answer, that's on them. But the thing is, is that I caught him. I heard him, too, when he said no. And that's why I just waited till he finished talking. And that's why I was saying, well, no, I do. I do remember you tweeting about sexist comments about in reference to the Hillary Clinton campaign. And then he admitted that he did. So you see what I mean?
4: Yeah. There's another reason why it was very interesting in that chat room. And that's because of all these strange new people just showed up out of nowhere who, "Oh, we love you Peter Dow. We love No, no, no. I see I was one of those Bernie activists at Facebook, and I remember when they did all those dirty tricks of, of, of David Brock and Peter Dow worked together. Oh, that was another thing. He came off as completely disingenuous. "Oh, it's like I don't really know him and I really didn't agree with that anything." Come on. Uh, All those trolls who showed up who suddenly poof, as soon as the Dow interview was over, disappeared from the chat room. They were gone, never to come back again. And they were spamming the chat the whole entire time about how much they, no, no. That's the company that he keeps. Uh, everything about him was disingenuous, down to when he tried to evoke sympathy uh, uh, from the uh, from from people watching and listening uh, by feigning human emotion uh, over Sabra and Shatila to di- to divert people and to distract people from the question of what it was he was actually doing when he was there. Because we know that the Christian phalangists killed all those people at Sabra and Shatila. was a massacre. And nothing has changed about him in his entire life since then. He's been a complete op. Like he said, in the establishment when he was working for the Hillary campaign, which people forget, that was not that long ago. He, there's no way this man did a 180-degree turn. There's just no way. And he all that talk about Christian stuff and this and that, No. Up until a few years ago, he was, he was a, a hitman for the Clinton campaign, and he was smearing Bernie from jump. And the stuff that they did was so underhanded. It's true what they, what they did. They tried to spam his Facebook web pages. Now, this was different then. Those Facebook web pages, it wasn't like it is now. Now you could actually be an activist and organize through Facebook and through social media in a way. That that Facebook page was huge. I helped to manage a couple of them for Bernie back then. And, And they did an orchestrated cyber attack on us, David Brock. That's what I'm saying about all those trolls that were in the chat room. That's the company he keeps. That didn't just suddenly descend upon your chat room and then disappear in a poof by coincidence. That's not how these guys operate. He is an operator, and he cannot be trusted. And I will never forget the cyber attacks, and he was with David Brock. So now him talking about, oh, I don't really know him, oh, I didn't really uh, agree, and then getting caught with that tweet where he did use the term he supposedly hated so much? No, no, no. That whole thing where he feigned human emotion, and there was not a single tear that actually came out of his face. He... He's toxic. He's dangerous. He's going to sabotage that campaign from inside. I don't know how he managed to fool
0: Jill Stein
4: to pick at him. I think I know actually why. Well, let me happened. let
0: me just cut in here for just a second. You guys know who else worked with David Brock during Correct the Record? David Sirota. Yeah, Of course, I, I don't trust him either. David Sorota. I revealed this one time on my show. Yeah. Like people need. And here's the thing: I'm not one to say people can't change because the thing he is, is change. like. I was a registered Democrat through the 2020, you know, I voted for Bernie. And then after that, like, I changed my registration to independent. I've been always been very honest and open about that, about my political uh, awakening. But I was actually really surprised when Peter said that he wasn't a part of the Bernie bro thing, because I remember seeing that shit on Twitter. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I told because I did tell him, well, I did tell him I was like, look, the thing is, you're gonna have to be honest with people because people don't trust you. Like I was I was dead up front with him before this mm-hmm. interview happened. He's he's
4: not used, to, he doesn't know how to tell the truth. He's an op. Just like uh the, the most telling part, there was so many telling things about that whole entire interview. So it was a great public service that you just did because he lied his way through that entire interview. That whole thing where you tried to feign human. That's the thing. He tried so hard to divert people away from, oh, feel sorry for me, poor me, poor me. That was such bullshit. I mean, he he was not really crying. He was trying to feign, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so I have PTSD from my
0: time there. Oh boy. I don't know why people always. You know what? I don't know why people always cry on my show. No, no, he because, was lying. But- he was not crying. That was I know, different. but. But but you know what? I'm Because it happened with Nick Bronner, too, when I was like, man. Manipulative. That, people don't like to He
4: doesn't. He cannot tell the truth. The man revealed that he cannot tell the truth. You caught him in that lie re- really relatively early on. And then what he went on to say about how, oh, I don't really know what David Brock. Uh, be- I mean, he was full of shit the entire time. And it's like, if you don't know who that person is, maybe you could see possibly him. Uh, you know, thinking maybe he's telling the truth. If he's he's a convincing liar, and he used lots of different tactics. Through then, if you studied propagandists, you know what he was doing. You could see what he was doing the entire time. But but he's still a liar, and he got caught several times, and it was fairly obvious. And the most, uh, like I said, I keep going back to this because it does show that for all his crap about he doesn't know David Brock and oh yeah he's he's obviously running with those same. People, Brock ran troll farms, and they did cyber attacks on the Bernie Sanders Facebook pages. They posted pornography on there, child pornography. The, the Facebook
0: so, page was then taken down.
4: Yes, that's how they did it. They, did the, they knew what would happen if they posted that stuff on the Bernie Facebook pages. They wanted to undermine the campaign because of how effective we were organizing through Facebook using social media to get Bernie supporters. That's why they did it. Yep. And so uh, the the most telling part of it of the whole thing, if you looked at that chat room, the way they swept down, a lot of them people they gave money so they can make a comment on the TV. It's all about getting the message out. That's what they were doing. And so they they made that that attack on your chat room, and they were spamming the chat room. As soon as the interview was over, poof, all
0: gone. No. Well, it's that what's funny part though of the is what's That's funny what though do. is. What's funny though is most of the super chats were negative. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them like, were. Well, that was that one. Poor Sparky was like, he was spent a lot of money on uh, the... I, was like, <laughs> I was like, damn! I was like, damn, Sparky! I don't. I was like, damn, you, <laughs> you really not feeling it tonight?
4: No, he no, because tonight? he he probably feels exactly the same way I do about Peter Dow. The guys are fraud. He's dangerous. There's no way. There's no question in my mind that he is deep state infiltration into the campaign. No, not a single question. So
0: here's one thing I do want to say, because one of the questions that has been coming up over the past week or so, people are saying, why not choose Brie or Jill or Chris Hedges? And I just want to go ahead and say something here. First of all, I know that Jill and Chris couldn't do it because of their bandwidth. They don't have the bandwidth to run a campaign. Chris Hedges actually talked about this when Brie interviewed him after he got Cornell West to come over to the green party. So he I said, he, did, he said he Sawant. got the bandwidth, which I, under, I totally understand that Shama Sawant also does not have the bandwidth because she is also in charge of workers strike back. In fact, they just launched their YouTube channel as well. Cause I got the email from them about that. So she's been traveling across this country. When you manage a campaign, you have to invest, the majority of your time with that campaign you can't be working on you know that campaign and then doing also worker strike back and then also doing like you know writing writing like chris hedges writes a lot right so and he teaches and he has a show like you can't do all of those things when you're a campaign manager you got to give the campaign like your all so that's a big thing the other thing brie responded to that on twitter and she said that like she said i appreciate you know the 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 recommendation that you guys have for me but i have absolutely no experience running any type of campaign particularly one on the national level i don't think a lot of people realize how much goes into a national campaign so people who are national campaign managers like those people usually have already have some type of political experience particularly usually on the local level Mm -hmm. that's usually where they'll start uh but you just can't Say hey, I'm going to be a campaign manager, and you have no experience, especially for a presidential campaign. I,
4: so I, think I think that's what why his message really got through to Jill Stein because he he can be very convincing, um, and he has lots of experience. But he's by no means the right person to be to be uh, managing well, the campaign.
0: I don't think he reached out to Jill. I, I think out to him. Right, right. Because the thing is, regardless whether we like. We, we trust Peter or not, we have well, to look at He's an op. Right, he, right. He, he, but, like
4: you said, he's got right. experience running a campaign.
0: Just listen to what I'm saying really, really quick. Hmm. There aren't that many people, and Bree said this herself on Twitter, there aren't that many people in this space that can manage a, a campaign on the right. national level that have that experience. So it's not like, it's not like they have like this long list of people to choose from. That's not how it works. And I, I want people to really understand so right. could could there have been someone else? You know, I I, I think it had so, to be somebody but, better than him. But based on my but based on my research, because even when it came to the IDF thing, before I interviewed Peter, I did do research about uh, the military for the, the teenagers in the IDF. So what he said about how they were mandated to do that, that's actually true. Of I course, look, he was recruited by the. It.
4: Yeah, that the, the, the they, they recruited young kids. But to see, I, I, I posted this comment in the chat, too. It said, what do you do if you're a 15-year-old kid and you're drafted into the Army? What do you do? What you do is you follow orders. So, of course, he doesn't want to answer questions about what happened at Sabra and Shatila, because I, it probably wasn't anything good. But another thing is when he mentioned, oh, well, the New Republic exonerated me. Um, uh, Excuse me, the New Republic? That prominent rag, neoliberal rag, the New Republic I wouldn't trust them to tell me the truth uh, any day ever. So I mean I, completely but unconvincing is,
0: but the thing is there were people that didn't believe didn't believe him on that either. They were saying like yeah, I don't believe this he was mandated. Yeah. I was like, guys, you can look this up for yourself just he's like I'm like not I did.
4: trustworthy he's not believable. That's the only thing that came. So, I mean, I I've said my piece. I know you want uh, you have a time crunch, and there's other people who want to talk, but uh, so I'll, I'll I'll step to the back. But that's my impression of this. He came off as completely disingenuous, evasive. He tried to appear truthful, but he was lying the entire time, and we you know we caught him. And the whole thing with the with the trolls in the chat, that's exactly the kind of thing that David Brock, who he says he doesn't know, just like, oh, he hated that term, Bernie bros, right. Um, that's exactly the kind of stuff that David Brock did. They were there, and then when the interview was over, they were gone. This is being orchestrated. I guarantee it. Yeah. I'm not stupid. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. That's the guy he is. He's an arrogant person. And, yes, I do think he's a psychopath. There's no way he was, you know, he was trying to evoke emotion in other people and trying to uh, uh, show that he has emotion. Not a single tear came out of his face. He was, you guys were feigning emotion.
0: You guys were brutal, man. I looked over at the he chat. Once he, and someone he, they, said, he, he deserves that. Believe you know, me. Because when I said, because uh, I, I guess when it was the tear up moment, I said, oh, I said, you can take your time. And someone said in the chat, savvy is, Sabby's cold. And I'm just like, nah, it's just, it, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I really don't.
4: <laughs> yeah, he, he, see, uh, Eric made a joke in the chat room. Oh, he killed Kennedy. Ha ha ha. No, he didn't kill Kennedy, but he's a psycho. And he, he did, probably did stuff equally bad when he was at Sabra and Shatila. If you know about what happened there, atrocities happened there. And he was in the Christian Falange at the time. No, he's not worth <laughs> trusting in any way, shape or form. As a Bernie so activist the that... at the time, I can tell you he's not worth trusting because he. Li- we got we caught him. We caught him in the interview lying about his experiences hey, well. with David
0: Brock.
2: We do need to move our cue along Sorry. to have our shorter. <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> let's let's bring in Lana and then I'll go to um, Uh Lana, I think you may be new on call in. You just have to unmute.
5: There you go. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: We're here. (laughs) So what's your take on everything, Lana?
5: You know, I'm really sorry if this comes across as a roast, but it does not surprise me that the same people who can't properly identify when someone is a racist also cannot properly identify when someone is an op um i think we're <laughs> it's it's weird to me that we're jumping the gun so hard on this on how not to trust him but the last call i was in was the jimmy door cornell interview one and it took like four hours for us to like come to the conclusion that it was racist in that interview you know what i'm saying so like I I really want to touch on what Eric has been saying about, um, the movement building aspect. Like, this is a sign to me that movement building is going to be incredibly difficult unless we can, like, align consciousness here on the left. Because we can't build a coalition without pulling people from the outside. And then, um... Additionally, most of these people are not going to have the squeaky clean history that we want. So we we like have to actively work on like getting people to come towards our side and then let them show themselves. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Does that make sense? I, I
0: totally understand that, too. And I think that um, I know what I had I said to Peter was that I said, FYI you know like half the people don't trust you you know because of your political history and half the people are saying well let's just see what he does so i said the thing is is that you're going to have you're it's you're you're going to have to to deal with that and i think the other thing is too like to your point one of the things i said on the last show was that look like we all have things in our past we all have things that we have to Deal with, and none of us are yeah. perfect. We're not squeaky, clean people. It was kind of interesting to me, though. I think what was weird was like, people was like, No, don't talk to him, don't interview him. How dare you? Da, da, da. And I said, <laughs> He's gonna hypnotize when I you, you guys, savage. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, when I tell you guys, like, I'm not creating an echo chamber on my channel, I'm dead serious. There are people that come on there that people like and there are people that come on that that my viewers do not like. I remember when Andrew Yang came on and everybody lost their shit in the chat. <laughs> everybody was like, don't bring her back. Like, so there's no echo chamber on my channel. So the thing is, is like I'm trying to create a place where there can be some type of discourse, whether you agree with the person or not. And hopefully people got some answers tonight. You know, those were things I did yeah. want to ask him about but i think the thing is is like for the people who were just like don't don't interview this person don't engage at all and i'm just like nah like sometimes y'all crack me up because sometimes people on the left say we don't approve of cancel culture
5: but then y'all <laughs> motherfuckers be canceling
0: people like
5: today <laughs> i i didn't know everyone in chat was a psychiatry md the way they were tossing around these diagnoses and it's like we have to be at least willing to have the conversation. Yep. Shit. That's my two cents. Um, I don't have any questions, so thank you.
2: No, I unless
5: you guys have questions for me, I'll answer.
2: I have, well, one uh, thing. One thing that occurred to me too is that, like, people are saying, you know, it can't. He's he's wrong. It, somebody else. Well, I mean, who? It, if people are so hard up, and it shouldn't be him, then. I think you got to come up with some other suggestions and Mm -hmm. you know people are saying brianna joy gray but i mean that's not on so it's like okay people then who is it going to be
0: because
2: this is like he has to
0: be someone that has experience doing that role and the people that they've been suggesting do not have experience doing that role and that that piece is very crucial
2: it's a massive undertaking it's very daunting it's the whole idea so yeah, who, so who's got is- the Rolodex of people to pick from? Yeah,
0: people were desperate because people were like, "Sabi, you should volunteer. You should work with the campaign." I said, "I have no experience <laughs> doing any of this, like volunteering, like phone banking, knocking on doors. You know, volunteering for a campaign is very different than actually working on a campaign and being like a hired staff member. Like y'all just trying to throw anybody in these positions." I'm just like, look. If you really want to be angry, yeah, go ahead and put someone like me in there. Y'all be mad at me when I fuck shit up because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I-,
3: I wanted to say something real quick though. Um, so I've I've been hearing, you know, like uh, saying a person can take a change of heart, so on and so on, right? But the thing is, it's different if we do it because we don't have a we don't have we we're not giving extreme power. In a campaign, you feel what I'm saying. So that's a completely different thing. Where, you know, like, you have a change of, of heart or a change of uh, political views or whatever. You're just that one person by yourself as a voter. But it's but once you put yourself not just in a campaign but at the head of the campaign, well then you're going to be up to be scrutinized, right? To rightfully be scrutinized. You know what I'm saying? So it's so it's not just about Oh, uh, maybe he's changed, maybe he hasn't changed, or whatever. You know, he's he's gonna be in charge of this campaign, so he has to be right a right to be scrutinized by the people that he screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no, I totally get that. What I'm saying is like why are we scrutinizing him uh harder than others? That's kind of the point I'm trying to make.
6: Cause he
3: has a egregious uh uh past. That's that's why then, you know, like understand you know i don't know this whole thing with the idf and so on and so forth but you know some people were were killed and so on and so forth but it's because you know of his record you know what i mean it's it's well
2: let's put it let's put it this way let's say um hypothetically he has had this evolution and he is truthful and 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 well-meaning in what he's doing now what could he do at, at this point to prove that.
0: Mm, right. Right. What,
2: what, what's your ask? That's what I like to say of people sometimes. It kind of connects into demands. Like, like, well, what's your ask?
0: Right. He's going to have to prove because that's what I said before. When we first scheduled the interview, I was like, You're going to have to prove to people. Because look, motherfuckers are bitter after Bernie. I'm just keeping it real. We don't trust They're nobody. They're not
3: just bitter after Bernie. They're bitter after um for the bill. Obama, Bernie, yep. AOC, the Squad. Yep. Oh yeah. Hey, I was. Ho- you forgot to well, ask me. Okay. See, this brings over.
5: me to like the kind Again, of point. What it feels like is like we're aiming all of our resentment and like guns at this one campaign manager, uh, and it's like I'm not saying he's absolved of accountability, but it's like um. No, yeah, I
2: think that's a good point.
5: <laughs> yeah. So. So let me ask
3: you this, Lana. Where, do you live in a citizen ballot initiative state?
5: I'm not sure. I just moved to Hawaii, so I haven't really looked into that uh, stuff. Oh,
3: well, you moved to Hawaii. Oh, okay. That's not a citizen ballot initiative state. Okay. But this is the reason why I said, and I don't know if you're new or whatever, or if you're a first time caller, a long time listener, or whatever, but this is the reason why I've been saying since last year, we should not be putting all our eggs in one basket. Yes. And, and yes you know, uh, these politicians, you feel what I'm saying? And we should be the yes. primary focus Should be seeing what we could get done at state level using citizen ballot initiatives yep. to as amendments, not laws and starting worker cooperatives. Yep.
5: Yeah. Okay.
3: Because a movement cannot be spent around a politician, their campaigns.
0: Yes. Yes. They, and, and the other thing done too, done. is like, it's, there's a lot of bitterness and negativity right now. Um, on the left, and I'll be honest, like I've you know, this is why I don't spend as much time on Twitter anymore like I used to, because I feel like it's just everybody hates everybody. Ah, I can't see this person. Ah ah, that person is a shit lib. Ah, ah that person, like right. oh my god, they 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 supported Obama. <laughs> ah. ah, I
5: hate, I hate
0: this me. motherfucker. I can't stand it. But they never have any solutions.
3: They eat Apple on Sunday. Ah
0: yeah just they, no <laughs> solutions just just people just bitter and angry and complaining. i'm like okay cool what's the solutions any solutions <laughs> any ideas that you got coming around the plank well no like the, 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 the total system is just ruined and destroyed man and i'm just like bro like y'all motherfuckers got to be depressed you can't be happy if you're on twitter every day just saying like ah oh, i hate you fuck off like, that's how people be. And I'm just like, damn, y'all motherfuckers be attacking people on Twitter all day long. You cannot be happy.
3: Well, I guess that's the whole thing of why they're dependent on politicians. There you go. Because they're, they're, they're looking for that happiness to, to bring them to the promised land. And no one is going, these politicians will not bring you to liberation and freedom and to the promised land. We-
5: Not even Cornell. Free.
3: Exactly. No. Well yes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't care who the politician is, we will no. bring each other to the promised land. To, yeah. You know, direct democracy.
5: yeah. Okay, I thanks for helping me point. make that point, guys. Because that's the point <laughs> I wanted to make.
0: <laughs> thanks, Lana. Okay, let's go to Noel and then I'll bring in Kirby.
7: Listen, um, good evening, everybody. I just wanted to, you know, remind people that There are no pure players in this. And as they say, politics often make strange bedfellows. Um, I think, Sabby you have made the point that, you know, the skill set that it takes to manage a campaign, especially for national office, is not some fly-by-night skill set like being a clerk typist or anything like that. Um, So um, Jill Stein has vetted peter dow to whatever extent she has she made the recommendation to cornell west he has you know invited peter dow to be his campaign manager and that's that um people can have their feelings about peter dow and the roles he may or may not have played in other campaigns but the bottom line at this juncture is that he has been offered that position and so my major concern is whether he will bring that skill set and do a good job. Because at the end of the day, this is still Cornel West campaign. And so Peter Dow may be the campaign manager, but at the end of the day, um, it is Cornel West who's out there running. And whatever decisions Peter Dow um, would make, I'm sure at a certain level, they will be in consultation with Cornel West and Cornel West. And his close advisors will be in a position to say, yay or nay, this and that. So, you know, we have to understand that in this country, we have had a two party system in the major party since forever. So the major place you're going to get those type of skill sets are people who have run those types of campaigns. And so, you know, it may not be an easy pill to swallow, but at this point, we have to look and see. And like I say, the, the Dr. West campaign is evolving. We're going to see a lot of things we have to pull in and, you know, deal with what we have. We can't create, you know, a slate out of what we want to be. So I'm saying, you know, we have to give it a chance because the decision has been made. And until somebody else materializes and is able to offer their services and Peter, Peter Dow won't be working alone. And so, you know, people do ugly things when they work on campaigns. And I just hope Cornel West makes it clear that he is not up for shenanigans on his campaign. And, you know, hopefully that'll be that. He didn't instill any deep confidence in me, but again, I'm not Cornel West and I'm not Dr. Jill Stein. So, you know, if this is a moment in a movement, as Dr. West continually reminds us, then this is one of those kind of maybe a scratch your head moment, but it's the movement that counts. It's the awakening of people to get involved in politics, because certainly, as you know, the last caller said, and Roger, we are the ones we have been waiting for.
0: Thank you so much. Let's bring in the Curb Master. What's up, Kirby? You just gotta unmute. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. I play Kirby in uh, Smash Bros. I always pick the Kirby character. What's up, Kirby? Am I there? You're here. Hello? You're here. We can hear you. Am I there? Yeah. Oh. What happened? We can hear you, Kirby. Let me tell them, we hear you. We hear you. Kirby, I'm gonna invite you to speak, okay? I'm gonna invite you as a speaker because sometimes that'll help with the hearing issue. Because we could hear you, but it sounds like you couldn't hear us. Yeah, so I invited you as a speaker. So you'll have to unmute, Kirby, because you're muted right now.
2: I guess we can't complain too much about Colin or they'll just shut it down.
0: <laughs> That's true. Oh, you muted yourself again. You have to unmute.
8: There you go. Okay, I'm there. Free. Yeah, we hear you. Okay, I agree with Noelle on a lot of issues. I find Mr. Dow very slick. That bothers me. Seemed very rehearsed for his interview you did a great job and you know if people cry on you baby it's because you have a big heart that brings out emotion in people um, he could be an operative I kind of side with Sparky a bit but it is Dr. West campaign and I, I, it's not going to keep me from voting for him or wishing him well maybe Peter Dow will be the best thing it does you know Jill Stein I trust her Uh, I I don't want to have my heart broken again, but it's happened so often. I guess it won't matter in the long run, except that the urgency of the moment. We have to start acting on it. The the strike. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Maybe it's a good tactic. But if it came from the uh, Democratic Party, forget it. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah, I hear you that about that in reference to the strike. Like that was wild, huh?
8: Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but you know, I'm not there. I, I've never belonged to a union because uh, I've kind of avoided being part of society at one point in my life because they didn't want to accept me. I don't accept them. Um, now I feel like the country has come around towards my way of thinking, that's great, but it's not fast enough for most people. I'm almost dead, so what does it matter to me? I'm just joking. I'm not almost dead. I'm actually in better shape than JFK, and I'm older than him. But the operative issue is a very serious one we have to think about. I'll tell you a quick story that bothered me for a long time in my life. I was 13 in seventh grade. I took a vocational test. It came back, I should either be a cherry picker or an FBI agent. I was smart enough to know something's really wrong with this, but I didn't know what. About 25 years later, I read an article that the intelligence agencies were using tests as far back as the 50s on children to ferret out future agents. And what was their criteria? Homosexuality. Because they thought, homosexuals will lie forever well you know what is grooming if that's not grooming you know they're grooming our enemies long before we hear about them Vivek is a groomed enemy I think he's an operative from the uh, Democratic Party but what's the difference in the duopoly
0: good points
8: so that's it. Do you, you have other people to talk to? Uh, I, I hope, I hope for all of us. But remember, hope is a pill they give you when they're not going to give you anything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: Sorry to be on a down note. Thanks
0: so much, Kirby. <laughs> Ashura, what's up? What-
6: uh, he was just slimy in the interview. I was wondering. Uh, he, i'm pretty sure i'm heard him, i heard him say that he was hired a long time ago not just now because it looked like uh the cornell west camp they said they just invited they just basically hired this guy but i'm pretty sure he said you were hired a while back
0: no i didn't hear him say that he was hired a while back for Marianne's campaign
6: no i mean the cornell west thing when he said cornell West contacted him because I'm wondering, like, uh, you remember when Jimmy was, like, complaining and he said that, you said that maybe somebody's, like, don't want Cornel West to talk to Jimmy? And I was running around around that part because if Jill Stein was acting, acting director, he could have been there after. How long did he basically, uh, was he gone from Miami? People said six months.
0: Yeah, but he was contacted a month ago. He was contacted a month ago. That was very, that was pretty recent.
6: Okay. Yeah cuz this guy was lying. I I just didn't buy whatever the fuck he was saying. When he started crying, I was like, "Oh, this is some Nick Grana shit." I was like, <laughs> I, "I I
0: can't wait for Sabrina to start crying." Nah, bro. I mean, it's just um you know, I I I think Peter knew people were not going, to you know, some people would not be receptive to this, you know, given like his past. At the same time, I mean, I think what people do have to understand when it comes to campaign managers it's not even just the fact of getting a campaign manager. It's getting a campaign manager that wants to manage a third party campaign. And that's when the, the list actually gets shorter because a lot of people don't want to do it because that piece was right. They will be vilified. They will be vilified like they look at it as though you're going to be the you're going to be the reason why Trump gets elected. They all continue to say that talking point. But yeah, it's not easy. You heard what Jill Stein said. Like she didn't have that for her campaign. So the thing is, it's easy to find someone that has the experience and is willing to do a third party campaign. And I think that's one of the reasons why she recommended Peter. Plus, because he, he does have the experience. And then there were some people saying like, yeah, I didn't like what he did with Hillary. But at the same time, like he's good at his job. So, to play devil's advocate too, you can kind of look at it as though, well, hell yeah, he came from the Democratic Party, but he also knows what they're gonna do. So you, can-
6: yeah, but the, the way he did, like he was he was for Hillary, and then he jumped green in twenty twenty. They didn't jump back to being a Democrat, then jumped back to being a green.
9: Yeah, that I like, about that. that
6: That was like, what the fuck for me? And then he said, like, his parents were sick. I was okay, then tap out out of 2024. Let somebody else take the spot for a campaign manager. You already did one. Why you got to need two in
0: one year? Again, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I think that's part of the problem is that they were having difficulty finding people that were willing to do it. Because I've spoken to some of the people that are volunteers, and they said the same thing. They were having difficulty finding people to actually work on the campaign, the volunteer part hasn't been as difficult. But the, pan- the
6: other part, I was watching "Due Dissidents" and Keaton was. I don't know if you saw the interview, the one with the they had Misty on, and they were talking about Jill Stein, and they said that um I remember this in 2016. Well, Jill Stein was asking for counts on her votes, and I feel like the Greens. It's now they've started to basically push back on the bullshit that uh they they they, they kept uh they, they gave them they gave the people donald trump even though it was hillary clinton that basically gave you donald trump and and uh barack obama but they were all pro Gate they were all pro that you know that that whole uh oh there must be some counts kind of like jill stein did that i, I mean i'm pretty sure she, uh, misty said that she was doing some kind of apology throughout the entire thing because they believed up until now, they believed that they were the reason that Trump got elected.
0: Um, I don't know about that. I've interviewed Jill Stein multiple times, um, and I've never heard her say that. Uh, but I think that I mean Jill Stein has been very vocal about pushing back against the duopoly that they're both the same.
6: Um, well, so talking I talking about how she basically added she wanted to do a recount. So I was like, "What's the Puerto a You you got less votes, and you didn't get you didn't get like any electoral votes. So why were you asking for a rec- recount? I don't know. A lot of
0: candidates ask for recounts. <laughs> but,
6: yeah, but Joe Stein didn't win. That's the point. She didn't win anything.
2: So what's well, the point? Well,
0: right. Rec- usually, the people asking for the recount are the people who did not
2: win. I mean, come on, Asher. Is this really the best you got? I mean, uh, no.
0: Seriously, that's usually you- how that usually how it 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 goes. Like, uh, for example. Stacey Abrams asked for the recount. Um, Andrew Gilliam asked for the recount. It's usually the person that loses that asked for the recount.
2: Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm just saying that, like, generally. I mean, I, I understand being suspicious of the guy and whatnot, but well,
0: it's not I mean, just that. It's w- not just
2: that. What area. do you got? I mean, what, what's your ask again? No, no, no. You know, what do you want him to do?
6: What I'm, what, what I was thinking of that because um, they also said that Jill Stein said she didn't know him on Twitter. She said she, she said she didn't know him at first. Then, but, but I'm like, but she they smeared you in 2016, So how can you say you didn't know the guy? And then you say you didn't know he he did all this. But if you're doing apple research, should be uh, you should be doing oppo research and just not on your opponent, but the entire team.
0: Well, there's knowing someone, and then there's knowing someone. Like I didn't know Peter Dow. I I, I know I knew of him, but I don't I didn't know him personally.
6: Well, he kind of seems fishy to me. It seems like a bit Joe Stein is kind of like doing kind of pr just to stop the bleeding to me so.
0: oh i i don't know i mean i look i will say this i i don't know peter but i will say like i trust jill stein i think you know she hasn't i mean i i haven't seen her lead me me down you know a bad like path or off a cliff or anything like that like that is one of the people that i do trust And
2: also so dr west
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we got to look at the issues here, because I'm gonna go ahead and keep it real. One of the things I did notice, even before Peter Dow was the campaign manager, people were already cynical. Leftists that were saying like, we need uh, a popular third party person. Once we got that person, there were some people that were already cynical from the from the get go, from the very beginning before Peter Dow was announced as campaign manager. And there's always going to be those people. There's always going to be people that are going to be cynical regardless of what happens. I'm like, guys, you guys have been saying for the longest time, we need a popular person to run third party. Now we finally got one and then everybody was just so angry. It was like, Oh no, not the people's party. Then it's like, okay, so then, you know, he realized there's too much shit happening under, you know, obviously with Nick Brano. I think we all know about that. So he's recruited to run through the greens and the same people who were saying he should have done the green party, not the people party. Then he does the green party. Then those same people are like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm like, you motherfuckers will never be happy. Some people will never be happy. This is what I'm talking about. Not you personally, sure. But I'm just saying like, it's the naysayers. Like some of these people naysay everything. I never hear them say anything positive, especially on social media. They don't trust anything. They don't believe anything. And I'm like, okay, cool. What is your solution? Because I'ma keep it real. If you are just telling people negativity and you're not giving them another path or another solution, people gonna tune out, bruh. People tune out. You got you gotta give people another path. I give people multiple paths. I tell you about ballot initiatives. I tell you about on-the-ground organizing. I am an organizer. I'm an activist. I do on-the-ground organizing. So I'm giving people other paths, but the people I'm talking about ain't giving nobody no other path. They hate everybody and everything.
6: Well, I hope this thing doesn't come bite or later on. And as for Vivek, I didn't know he dropped in the polls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You surprised me when you you said that. I thought he was like up in the polls and DeSantis was down and he was up. So I was like, okay, I guess he's basically the favorite to be Trump's VP. So I guess we're back to DeSantis.
0: He started dropping after the GOP primary debate, which I thought he actually did better than the other candidates on that debate, but he started dropping
6: then. And you brought up something. He said he wanted to take out like what five governments out. Like he he says he's taking out education. Like, really, that's the one thing you want to take out education.
0: I think he thinks it should be left up to the states.
6: The Department of Education. I don't know. He seems to be getting. He seems to be getting unhinged.
0: That motherfucker desperate. I'm telling you, if you go from like twenty something percent and now you're down to like six percent, that was a big drop fast, bruh.
6: <laughs> maybe you should you should ask DeSantis how did he how did he stop the bleeding? Because DeSantis like his bleeding got stopped. I don't know what he's been doing. I guess maybe that the the shooting that happened that must have calmed him down.
0: He's not growing either. Like it's... <laughs> it's just like how is there that much of a gap between donald trump and ronda Sanders in the polls that's crazy
6: yeah as for the whole uh bite the hunter biden thing like uh so they're not charging it they're they're gonna charge him on just a gun one because there's some weird shit being i've heard about the gop thing did you see uh there's some kind of another civil war going on with matt gates that that, that, that's some that's really some boss shit if matt gates is calling out his boss on the floor
0: yeah i did see that i mean it's it's a lot going on we'll just have to sit back and wait and see what happens but obviously we know there's so much more that they could have gotten by hunter biden on that's more that's larger and more significant but again they're going to go with something that's not as 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 big to make it seem like they're trying to hold him accountable for something and that's not uncommon with people that are wealthy
6: so it's theater then yep I was hoping they would get him on some on some active, something actually juicy. But it's like the gun charge. I mean, <laughs> are we gonna oh. let the whole uh, the whole Ukraine shit over? I, I thought I thought
9: they
6: yes. would really impeach him just like they did Donald Trump. I Was like, are we going two for two? Oh, and by the way, Roger, one of my um, that security guard who was hungry during the time from Ramadan, uh, he gave me some new a new uh, some new shit today. Um, he asked me, uh, "Why am I still like?" trying to say Trump is better than Trump is better than Biden. I'm not saying they're better. I said they're worse. So he gives me five reasons why uh, tr- uh, Biden is better than Donald Trump. And you won't believe the bullshit. All, that MSC, is. MSC, yeah. <laughs> uh, he told me, uh, just be clear. You're, I'm going to give you a hint. Anytime you see, you hear me say the word first, you know what this, what's coming. All right? So he told me, number one, uh Biden is, is good because he is the first one to basically put a black woman on the Supreme Court. I was like, okay. He says Biden is the first one to give a black man power in the United States. I'm like, who are you talking about? Oh, Hakeem Jeffries. Then he brings up he brings up and he brings up uh what is what's her name? The the, the press secretary? Uh um I forgot her name. I fucking hate her name. Uh up here. Yeah. He brings her up. Then he brings up Kamala Harris. Like That's another reason why he's good for black people. And I'm like, really? You're going to give me like five black people on the top of your fingers? And then he brings up uh, Lloyd Austin. I'm like, really? Five, <laughs> five black capitalists? Yeah, you well, got about reparations.
2: Those... You got it all covered right there.
0: The thing is, those people don't do anything.
6: That's why what, that's what I told him. He's like, no, man, no, 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 that's not true. He's good for black people. He put five black people in no. power.
0: He, <laughs> I'm he like... put he put five corporatist establishment DNC shills in power.
6: Yeah, and I that's told him that. Did. And I was like, where'd you get your shit? CNN this time? He's like, no, BET. I'm like, BET. Oh <laughs> I'm like, BET. Like, BET is like fucking sellout. Like, it's 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 been bought by a, a a white dude. Like say no no, it's it's black, it's black. Have, have
0: no, it. it's not. I don't know. If, I don't know if a lot of people realize that BET is not owned by a black guy. Yeah, you say it's owned by a black guy. No, it stopped being
6: owned by a black guy a long time ago. Oh,
0: motherfuckers, be confused.
6: Mm. Anyways, we don't let you, uh, anyone talk. Uh, somebody else talk. So, it's-
0: all right. All right, we're flying through. Natori, what's up? Just got to unmute. Hello. Natori, I can see by the look on the picture that you have for your profile picture on calling, you already pissed. Go ahead.
10: (laughs) I'm not pissed. I just came to a conclusion that I'm still voting for Wes. It did, like, knock me down a little bit with Peter Pumpkin Eater, but... I'm just come to a conclusion that I don't like them. I would never like them. You did a good damn job in the interview. That's why I fucking fuck with you because you hit with the hard questions and don't care about what well, you care, but I just like how you go with the interviews and you have a lot of people on that don't like, but I'm learning. I'm glad you, like I always say, I'm glad you and um, RBN came along because I'm learning myself. Because um, other than that, I would say, fuck that bitch, block that bitch. You know what I'm saying? But I just come to a conclusion that I don't like him, never will. But I just hope he don't fuck up Cornell campaign. And I got a feeling it's going to be, it's a feeling I have. It's going to be other people that he <laughs> invite to the campaign. And I just hope they don't do that. what they did to Bernie in messing yeah. up his campaign.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of mess with Bernie's campaigns. I mean, there—if you wanted to have just like a TV show just about the drama, all that shit that was going on with Bernie campaigns, there was a lot.
10: Yes, and the crying when he was about to cry. I'm like, really, bitch. No, but no. If you can't handle um an interview and talking about your family, and I'm like, really, I feel disgusted. I would—I didn't feel nothing for him. I felt disgusted when he had a moment. I am not uh,
0: Barbara Walters either.
10: And on <laughs> um, one last thing I have to say, kind of quick tonight, and um, he kept like I don't like I might sound harsh, but I don't care. He's talking about he's um Christian. Now, I don't give a fuck about none of that. I'm like, tell me some other stuff. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about what you're
0: gonna do for Wes. But- yeah. I mean, that's, these are all good points to bring up. I mean, I don't really care about his religion either. That was, that was kind of interesting. I don't think most people in the audience did, to be honest. Yes, but that's all I had to say. And thank you. Thank you. All right, Jacob, you are up on the mic. You just have to unmute. What's going on? Oh, 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 no, Jacob, they got you. Jacob, it happens sometimes. Let me invite you to speak. So I invited you as a speaker. That was one thing with this app they never fixed. It was that issue sometimes when people...
11: Can I invited you, you as a... hear me now?
0: There you go. I hear you.
11: Okay, good, good. And I think I actually recognized Roger from um, an appearance that I did on RBN uh at one point I was talking about um talking with a UPS worker about that tentative agreement there. And um, you know, I was just calling in because I really <laughs> I really think that you uh that your UAW stuff was not on the money. Um and I've been seeing, you know, some of these folks, uh, the RBN kind of crowd and that um you know that orbit on YouTube and Twitter. Um is super, I mean, I mean, literally exactly like you were talking about with the politics stuff, with the partisan, you know, the election stuff that, you know, that that's kind of something that I'm less interested in. And these people are doing the exact same thing with the UAW because they didn't strike in exactly the way that YouTubers and podcasters and tweeters (laughs) wanted them to. And I think that, like, there's just not enough thinking going on about what they're doing. You know, you mentioned that you were like super shocked at how big their strike fund was $820 $820 million. There's 130,000 people at the big three automakers that would be going on strike if they struck every facility all at once. And because of the Caucus that Sean Fain is a part of. The UIW now has uh, the most generous strike benefits of any union, of any union at five hundred dollars a week. So if you give the full strike benefits plus healthcare, which the union does when you're on strike, uh, to one hundred thirty thousand workers, you're going to be out in less than two months. And GM has already. Proved itself, uh, proven that it can withstand a strike longer than two months because they did that in 2019. They withstood a four month strike. And so, you know, and and look, you know, workers, I mean, kind of, you know, you, you know, somewhat alluded to it. uh, Workers struck before there were huge strike funds. Doesn't mean it can't be done, but workers lives are not means to satisfy a revolutionary fetish right Mm. they need to be honored and they need to be respected and that is what i believe this uaw leadership is doing as they are escalating this strike because why didn't they strike before if they had struck before they would have been violating their contract they would have been breaking the law and they could have i mean literally you know bankrupted the union so they could not strike legally until last night at midnight and so instead of going all out immediately what they have decided to do is to pick some targets and escalate and escalate and that gives them the ability and these and they were strategically picked you know Mike Elk you mentioned him I mean Mike Elk just has a grudge against some people in the UAW staff I know that you know you oh.
10: wouldn't you
11: wouldn't know that right but but this is like I I'm a union member I have a union radio program in Alabama uh, and so I have been doing this kind of stuff for like five years and you know, Mike Elk kind of falling out with me because I'm not like horny for gun control and um and but he does not like people that are on the UAW staff and so he says that these are not strategic picks these are final assembly plants they product does not go to market until they go through these final assembly pints. Right? So it's a strategic choice, you know, maybe it's not literally the most strategic choice, but they're picking these to inflict maximum pain on the big three automakers for minimum pain on the auto workers. And what that person that sent you a super chat said Ford laid off 600 workers, that is actually beneficial to the UAW in this effort, because what that amounts to is a lockout by the company instead of a strike. What happens when you lock out? When you were locked out by the company, you're eligible for unemployment benefits. You're not eligible for unemployment benefits if you go on strike, right? So that is another benefit to this strategy is that because if you gum up their production, you're going to force the companies to close other plants and you're going to have those people eligible for unemployment benefits instead of having to give them uh, as much strike benefits from the union strike fund, right? And so this also allows them every single negotiating session, if they if the negotiators from the company give them something they don't like, they can literally walk out of the room, make a call, come back inside and say, this plant is now on strike. I don't like what you just said, and they're not going to know where the plant is. In fact, there—and this hasn't been totally verified—but a lot of UAW members online have been saying that there was a leak that came out about which plants were targeted, were going to be the first strike targets, and it got to the and and you know the idea is that this was on purpose, and it got to the big three, uh, the executives, and so they um, they sent product to the wrong plant because they thought that the wrong plant was going to be on strike. Right. And so I think there is a lot of strategy going in to this and a lot of concern and respect and honor for these workers. And as somebody who walked the picket line in 2019 with the GM brothers and sisters who back then under the old UAW leadership, when I talked to them, asked them why they are on strike. They couldn't tell me why they were on strike. What? They they didn't know because everything before this administration was done behind closed doors. This administration from the beginning of bargaining to right now has been totally transparent with their membership. And so every single UAW member knows that the uh, big three automakers are not where the union is on the wage demands. They are not giving us COLA. They are not giving us pensions. They are not ending uh, temporary workers. Everybody knows what the demands are. Non-UAW members know what the demands are. UAW members in 2019 did not know what the demands at the table were. All they knew, and kudos to them, all they knew was that GM was not giving the UAW what they were asking for, right? And so they were willing to trust their leadership on that. And, you know, that's fine. I would do that. They were willing to do that. That's commendable. I don't think they should have to do that. And this leadership has been transparent and open from top, uh, you know, from beginning to end, top to bottom. And I think they've earned a lot of trust and they should have earned a lot of respect from people who have, you know, who have never done any union organizing, who have never had to ask people to give up their pay. For weeks, for an indefinite period of time, right? No, way. these people who went out on strike, the three plants, 13,000 workers, they don't know how long they're going to be on strike. That is a huge ask. That is enormous.
0: Yeah, I understand. I think part of the problem was the impression that I think a lot of us got is that when they say we're going to walk out at midnight, was that they were all going to walk out at midnight. Plus, mainstream media also said this is going to be huge, historic. All of them are going to walk out. So mainstream media misled people, too. I think that was that was a big part of it. But you're, you're saying you think that the way that they're doing it, these rollout strikes, is actually more effective way.
11: Is, look, I think it gives you the most bang for your buck. Because if they went on strike, all of them, of course, and, you know, like everybody, you know, there, there's a lot of that would be exciting, you know, for the first few days obviously, but, um, you are maximally inflicting pain on your membership as well. Right. And, and, and like I said, there's no, and and, you know, at that point, there's no room for escalation. You've already got everybody on strike. How, how else are you going to, you know, you're not, you can't put any more pain on them than everybody being on strike. Now there's room for escalation. And, you know, like, uh, you know, he was, um, he did not say that every single facility is going to go on strike. He said that a strike at all three automakers is on the table. And that's what happened. Um, And, you know, and then Will Lehman, you know, that uh, he is associated with the World Socialist website. uh, And they are, you know, and I have, you know, Trotskyist brothers and sisters, uh, comrades, I have a lot of respect for. uh, But they are a very, very kind of niche Trotskyist sect that uh, hate unions. That's like their definition. And so Yeah, they came been,
0: on they came on the show. It did not go too well, Jacob.
11: Yeah. And so <laughs> he he's he's a, a World Socialist website front person. And you know the World Socialist website has put out articles telling encouraging people in my state, which I took umbrage with this, at the Amazon facility to vote no in their union election. Right, And so these people are not acting in good faith. And when he said that 97% of people, uh, 97% of the UAW members voted uh, to go on strike at all facilities, all the big three automakers, that is absolutely not true. And he knows it. He absolutely knows it. What they voted on was to authorize the bargaining committee to call a strike at any of the big three automakers if it was necessary, right? The the question on the ballot was not, do we all go on strike all at once on September the 14th? The question was, on September the 14th at 11.59 p.m., do we give our bargaining committee the power to to call a strike? That was what the membership, that was the question that the membership answered, right? And so when he's spreading misinformation like that, absolutely in bad faith. To attempt to undermine the UAW leadership and the UAW members to divide the members, and they've done this. And you know, these people have done the same thing uh, at UAW strikes, at Volkswagen coal miner strikes in Alabama. You know, just absolutely not in good faith. And so, I do not have a good <laughs> do not have a good opinion of them. And and so, yeah, that's basically that. You know. And I appreciate you, you know, allowing me to have some time, but I have, but, you know, basically every time that I have seen RBN folks talk about unions, especially if it comes to leadership, I have been very, very, very disappointed, um, Well, I mean, not necessarily disappointed because I don't really know anything else that y'all talk about very much. I don't watch just a whole lot of YouTube outside of the labor stuff. I've been very disappointed in the analysis. I think it's very lacking. I don't think that I think that there's a lot missing. Um, And, you know, I think that there's a there's a tendency to want to be like the most ultra. I'm more left wing because I think one hundred thirty thousand people should go on strike instead of thirteen thousand. and That makes me better. Right, mm-hmm. and I have a, I've got a, you know, I've well, got just, a big problem. Just
0: to, just FYI, we have, we actually hosted a, a labor summit where we brought on union members. We brought on UPS members. We brought on multiple different. Chris Malls was there. Like, so we have had union members on RBN actually multiple times to talk about their experience, and the UPS uh, members were not happy. They, they were not happy with the agreement that was made. I was
11: actually on the panel with a UPS member and he was happy with it. So <laughs> I don't know if you watched it, but
0: <laughs> you weren't, you weren't on my panel.
11: <laughs> okay. Well, I was on yeah, a panel with he the, must have been on the Roger different, and Nick
0: and oh, okay.
11: um, I think Nick was his name.
0: Okay. So I did an entire UPS panel. Oh, Dick yeah. well, I
11: mean, the, I mean oh, I'm sorry. Did, did I uh,
3: speak with you? That was with Marco?
11: I believe Nick. it was you. I thought the guy's name was Roger, and you've been talking about co ops and the guy Yes, that uh, was me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, and you know, I mean with the UPS stuff, uh sixty percent of the membership voted on that contract. That's more than has ever voted on a UPS contract in the history of uh Teamsters um contracts at UPS, and eighty seven percent voted in favor. You know, so like I got a lot of people on my radio show calling in saying, uh, you know, and I I put it up on YouTube as well. Got a lot of people calling saying that they were voting no. But that was clearly, you know, that was clearly like not representative of the membership. The membership was clearly very happy. And obviously there were some things that it was that it could have been better. Right. But it was absolutely, you know, not a sellout. It was it was not the ideal contract.
0: I don't want to hold up the line too long because I I do have a shorter show tonight. I want to get through the other people. But I will say I also interviewed the railroad workers uh, twice on my show, and they were not happy. So I think it's just we have, you know, talked to these people. um, But, yeah, we are coming from a different spot. Like, we're coming from a we need to seize you know, the the means of production. We are coming from a spot of you cannot stop at unions. You need to implement worker co-ops. Like people have to understand that for me, the end game is not to join a union. The end game for me is to start a worker co-op. And I think we need to push more people to do that because I've seen how union management has screwed over members before. So that's where we're coming from.
11: Yeah, well, I mean, I am, you know, I'm a socialist. I think that uh, workers. I, I don't think there is a need for bosses, um, but you know, I don't think that the the way to actually do anything about that in our society is to go and start a worker co op and try to compete in the marketplace with you know with the companies. Uh, I think that the best way to do this and and. You know, we, I talked to Roger about this very, very, very briefly on the panel. But the best way to do that is through unionization and is through and, and in the 20th century, some unions, um, including the UAW, but they gave it up at the Treaty of Detroit. That's something that maybe would be worth having a historian on on your show to talk about. Uh, I, it's on my docket. I just haven't been able to get to it. Uh, but there yeah, there was can really.
0: You a, can you can you email it to me? Because it's been a minute. I do want to. Like I said, I have other people to go through in the queue.
11: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: Just email it to me. My email is on my description and channel. All right.
11: Yeah. Thanks for the time.
0: Okay, cool. Let's bring in um, Zoya. You are the next caller. You're on the mic. You just have to unmute. What's
12: going on? Hi, Sabi. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I'm sure it's been a long week for everyone. Friday night. I can't believe you're even keeping this call and going so long. (laughs) <laughs> so, first, let me start by saying what I've said on RBN a million times. I don't think electorals should be our focus, and uh, it's 2023, the election's more than a year away, and I see this eating up most of the oxygen, unfortunately, everywhere, as it does every year. It's very disheartening. While uh, people in Flint still don't have drinking water, the disaster in Hawaii, Stop Cop City, uh, Line 3 uh, protesters are being charged as domestic terrorists. There's just a lot of movements on the ground going on and making gains that actually could use people's energy today. And while I'm not saying not to engage with politics at all, I still think our main focus should be in on the ground organizing. Now, having said that, <laughs> um, I just I just wanted to clarify some things that people may not know. So please don't eat me alive in the chat because I'm not endorsing anything or telling anyone what to do. But um, first of all, a campaign manager's job is mostly operational. It does. It's not a position that influences policy. Um, I understand that Peter Dow attacked a lot of us personally, and for people, those wounds are still fresh. And uh, for redemption to fully be realized, he, in my opinion, should have owned all of his deeds more in depth and clearly. Um, But regardless of that, uh, Jill Stein did bring him on, and she is a very smart lady. And the reason that she did that is because, first of all, and she's been open about this, so she has her own legal issues with FEC, so she couldn't step into that role herself. And she didn't have a campaign manager, so she wanted yeah. to find someone experienced enough and Unfortunately, there aren't a ton of uh nationwide experienced campaign managers to choose from. Remember, I'm not endorsing anything. I'm just giving you guys yeah. information <laughs> one, one, one second
0: real quick, Zoya. something I want to just tell people. Some of you may not have been with with the show like when we found me and Rome when Rome came to visit Boston last time. Ron Paclone was on tour. He does he does stand-up comedy also. So Ron Paclone was on tour and he was actually coming to Boston the same weekend that Ron was doing tour for the poor here. So Ron gave all of us like free tickets to go to his show, and Jill Stein was one of the performers. At after that, that show, we asked Jill, hey, Jill, are you gonna run again? Or, you know, something like that. And Jill Stein told us back then, keep in mind that was last year. She said, no, I can't do anything like that on the national level because of the lawsuits. She said, I still have to deal with the lawsuits, So that's taken up a lot of her time. So just FYI for the people, everybody who keeps saying it should just be Jill Stein. She told us that last year.
12: Exactly, Sabi. And, and I want to uh, add on to your point that I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, uh, even in the chat today, Bree should do it, Chama should do it. OK, so first of all, all of these people have been asked and there's a reason that they're not doing it. Yeah, as Sabi also mentioned, they're either involved with their own projects and simply don't have the time to make that kind of commitment. And on top of that, they don't have experience doing this kind of job. So as much as all of us may feel like someone else should be doing it, those people that you're volunteering don't want to be doing it. And that's the whole problem that this campaign is experiencing is a a lack of staff. They're having a major staffing issue. They haven't even gotten their emails working yet. There's there's a lot of logistical issues. And we have always said, I know Nick has said, I know so many people on RBN have said that Greens are problematic. Look at Howie Hawkins and his whole wing of the party and uh, that With Greens, we would have to come in and take over the party and restructure it. That means that people actually have to be willing to volunteer, sign up, and rebuild this thing from the ground up. No one is trying to say that Greens are good to go the way that they are. There's a lot of liberals. There's a lot of war hawks. There's a lot of issues, including they had issues with their uh, elections and some election interference from Howie Hawkins' wing of the campaign. But Cornell still has Shama, Ajamu, Hedges, and uh, Jill, many other people as official advisors on the campaign. And again, I'm not telling you guys what to do. I'm just giving you information you may have not known. And then you make your own conclusions. Anyone that is still wounded by Dow, I completely understand that. I think it's ridiculous to trust anyone in politics, including Dr. West, Bernie, anybody, Parenti warned people about Bernie. And he said that Bernie was a good guy. He just warned people that Bernie is a hog that voted with Clinton for uh, the Yugoslavia war. And that was true. And Parenti also said that anyone that has ever full throatedly come out against the establishment has ended up dead. So, you know, Someone putting themselves out there and challenging the duopoly is no small thing. And I respect that. And I respect anyone that does that. And I understand there's a lot of sacrifice involved. And if you guys are going to be invested in the electoral path, I just ask people to have realistic expectations, not project things onto Dr. West that he's not. There's plenty of good things that he is, but don't project things onto him that he's not. And then get constantly disappointed or try to bully him into becoming that thing. He's just not that thing. Dr. West is a a great motivator. He's good at bringing people together. He's open-minded and listening to people. And we have witnessed growth from him. But he also just endorsed Biden a couple of years ago. And his family is supportive of Biden. He's grown on that. He's evolved on that. So if you want him to evolve more, give him feedback and try to push him left. Because if you just abandon this campaign, it's going to leave a void that all of the former Bernie staffers are already coming in and filling. A bunch of liberals are coming in and filling, and they're going to be the only ones in his ear. So if you want to actually make a difference and create a counterbalance you have to voice your concerns very clearly instead of just being fuck this because that's just not productive. You're more, you're more than welcome to do it and I understand why you would. It, it's just not going to be to our advantage in any kind of way. Th- those were the main yeah. highlights I wanted to say. Well
0: said, Goya, And I, I think that's something that people need to hear because the thing is, is this, yes. Are there other people running? Absolutely but I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Out of all those people running third party and independent, Dr. West is the one that has the best chance to have the most momentum around him. And I've interviewed a lot of these people. I interviewed Jasmine Sullivan or Jasmine Sherman. And you guys know how that went. Like she had a a lot of good ideas. I didn't agree with all her ideas, but again, like the reality is Dr. West is going to be the one that's going to build that momentum But no, he's not going to be perfect. There is no perfect campaign. But when you look at the issues, he's right when it comes to Israel and Palestine. He's right when it comes to the domestic issues about Medicare for all, when he talks about, you know, uh, racial justice and things like that. Like he's right on the issues about dismantling the empire and getting rid of NATO. So I think I want us to be careful not to get so caught up in the personalities that we're not paying attention to the policies anymore, because that's what will happen. And I feel I kind of feel sorry for Dr. West in a sense, because like I said, he's coming in during a time when a lot of people have been burned by the squad. They've been burned by Bernie Sanders. But I want to remind everyone again, since I've been eligible to vote, I never remember a Green Party uh, candidate for president dropping out and endorsing the democrat uh, candidate so for the people who keep saying that i want to remind you dr west is not running in a democrat primary this is not a bernie sanders run greens are usually there to the general so just just keep that in mind and i know we got our issues people have issues and stuff with peter dow and things like that but i can tell you after talking to some of the volunteers. And just like Zoya, knowing a little bit more about what's happening on the back end, they need people to help. So if some of you, if you have the bandwidth, I recommend you go to the website, sign up to volunteer and sign up to help. Because that's the thing. Because because Zoya's right. Like Democrats will come in because if, if they you know, they have to have people to help with this campaign. But if you guys have the bandwidth to do it, do it. I don't have the bandwidth. I couldn't even work on the campaign. Because I have, obviously, I have a job. I have the RBN chapters and all that kind of stuff. I do not have the bandwidth to take on anything else. So I really could not do it. So just, just keep that in mind. If you have the, some time to be able to do it, to volunteer, whatever it is, sign up on that website because they really do need the
12: help. Yeah. And if I may just end with, uh, sorry, Roger. Uh... My goal with Dr. Cornell West campaign is to generate enthusiasm to channel into all of the movements that I just mentioned. Because this is a chance to bring people together and galvanize them. And this time, I hope we really don't rely on anyone, don't attach the movement to any one person. And once we have that solidarity and ground network, that we actually utilize it for material change on the ground. That is my hope with this campaign. I do not personally think that uh, we are ever going to win a presidential run in this rigged system. So I don't have any aspirations of Dr. West actually becoming president. And I'm not sure what he would even be able to accomplish if he ever was to be allowed to be made president. Uh, My goal is to bring us together back to that point that we had that massive energy in 2016 and 2020 and not squander it this time. And I want us to be ready to channel that into direct action on the ground and and not just think that this campaign is is the beginning or the end of anything.
0: Yeah, and I also wanna add too, uh, another thing that you guys should keep in mind is that there is some bitterness from when Dr. West left the People's Party and went to the Greens. So just FYI, people keep in mind there is some bitterness. From what I understand, Nick Brona apparently put up a lot of money uh, for Dr. West to run through the People's Party, his own money, not People's Party donations. But so there, just keep in mind, there is that bitterness. And some of the people that are still part of the People's Party, they're going to continue to lash out against Dr. West because he left the People's Party and went to the Greens. But to that, I say, Nick Brona, first of all, you should have had all your shit straight which he did not have. You have accusations against you and you motherfuckers don't have ballot access except for one state. I mean, let's be realistic here. The other thing I want to mention too is Dr. West did not go to the people's party. Nick Bronner came to him and asked him to run for president. There's a lot of rumors that are going around. People don't know like what's happened in the background that I am aware of. And I just want to tell you guys, there is bitterness with people who have, who don't like the fact that he left the People's Party to go to the Green Party.
12: Absolutely. And and we have to watch out for that. And I'm still seeing a lot of you uh, in the chat talking about trust. I just want to reiterate, you should never trust a politician. They are strangers. You don't know them. Even Dr. Cornel West is a stranger to you. Stop, uh, you know, celebrity worshiping these people. Yep. We don't know them. Judge them based on actions. Hold them accountable when necessary. And never go beyond that into trust. This is not our family. Your is in your community.
3: Zoya, yeah,
0: that's what happened. with That's exactly what happened with Bernie, Zoya. Go ahead.
3: So, Zoya, um, you were saying that you're not sure exactly if he became president. Um, what he would be able to do, because you're thinking of uh, Congress. Um, Here's the thing, though. Here's what a lot of people forget about executives, whether it's governors and presidents and mayors and stuff like that. A A lot of us always think of the stuff that we would like to see passed. But here's the thing. There are laws on the books that never get enforced. Sometimes you don't need new laws. You just have to enforce the ones that are on the books. So there's a lot of stuff a president can do that, um, with the laws that already exist that hardly get enforced. You see what I'm saying? Like, for instance, he was talking about someone might think that oh, he won't be able to give us single payer health care. Well, there's two ways you can we can get single payer without having to dep- without the president having to depend on Congress. The first one everybody knows, which is doing what they did in Libby, Montana, okay? A second way is putting a, a health and human services secretary on that would give federal, that's willing to give federal waivers to states that wish to pursue their own single-payer uh, program. You know, that's just an example. You know what I mean? We got plenty of antitrust laws that are on the books. You feel what I'm saying? There's... Uh, there's a the stuff that he could do with, with postal banking. Um, th- there's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? So I, matter of fact, I'm, what I was thinking was, cause Jacob was talking, he, he doesn't, he he wasn't, he wasn't that confident in the uh, cooperatives or whatever. I don't see why they can't make a certain division, uh, you know, since it's part of the administrative state, a division within the small business administration to create a new division in it that deals with uh, uh, worker cooperatives to help provide a path to provide you know money consultation so on and so forth everything that it needs to help startup cooperatives or help businesses transition over from corporate to cooperative you know none of these companies got big on their own they got big with government money so you know I just want to say that.
12: A- absolutely roger all great points just to clarify what i meant by that is not that the mechanisms for a president to exer- exercise his executive power don't exist that the uh, i was saying that the establishment would never allow him to use it and whatever the laws are laws you know are just the will of tyrants Uh, We know what the laws in this country do and who they're enforced against and uh, who doesn't have to follow the laws. Hunter Biden being a perfect recent example. So uh, Wall Street has never lost in an election. And for statistical purposes, the wealth gap has grown under every single red and blue administration. The military industrial complex has increased under every single red and blue administration. So, you know, Wall Street is never going to lose an election. That's what I mean by uh, they won't allow him to accomplish it, not because the mechanisms don't theoretically exist. Right. And
0: as we told you guys in the very beginning, when he first announced he was running, what did I tell you guys? Like, this is about movement building. This is also about organizing and to hopefully get him to that 5%. I told you guys, we got to be realistic here. Uh, Zoya, before you go really quick, quick question. Any word on, because everybody has been asking me this, any word on this possibility of Nina Turner?
12: I've talked to several people. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but at high and low levels. And what I know from them uh, is that there there have been talks with Nina already. So the the talks have been happening. And she supposedly, as far as I was told, declined one position. But they're trying to think of what position would best suit her. So, you know, if you guys were really upset over Dow... (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah. brace yourself uh, if you, you know Nina was talking about access to healthcare and praising Obama when she was running so, and all I care about the facts none, and none of this is personal for me so uh, you know eat it with a grain of salt, prepare yourself don't put all your hope in electoral uh, participating by checking a box is no big deal, I'll definitely vote just because it'll take five minutes out of my day but Every other minute of my day is going to be focused on movement building and on the ground organizing.
0: Well said, thank you, Zoya. Thanks, Javi. All right, I'm gonna bring in Zaneb and then we'll go to neoliberal tears, And then the case study QB is in the house, I see. What's up Zaneb, you just have to unmute and we'll go ahead and bring you in. Do, do, do. And there's actively going to be, I'm telling you guys right now, there will actively be podcasters who are going to be against this campaign. I'm telling you right now. So just prepare for it. People will be actively working against it. As we saw with that debate with Bree, Crystal and Kyle, I'm just preparing you. They're going to work actively against Kyle
13: it. Kyle is going to do a TikTok with Harry Sisson, about, you know, from the DNC. You know, they're going to dance.
0: Mm-hmm zineb you there going once going twice going three times neoliberal what's up
13: um yeah amazing show tonight sabi i just wanted really to thank you for giving us this space to sort of um work out how what we think how we feel about after the peter dow thing you know from a supportive place um Cause I wasn't sure really after the interview, you know, I was like, I don't know. Like, um, so yeah, thank you for letting us flesh out. I really agree with, um, uh, Noel and the and everything you said about, you know, we've been talking about breaking the duopoly for years. And I agree with you that Dr. West is probably the best candidate. We're going to have period. Like I can't think of anyone better for a third party, a lefty third party. Uh, I've been trying. There isn't one. Um, and I also feel like um, besides the 5% threshold, getting him to 15% would put him on the debate stage in the polls. That would be huge. Like if we can put him with Biden and Trump, because um, I think there is there is a realistic way for him to gain to with the big name that he is. I think it's realistic to shoot for that. Um, and that would be really exciting and a way to put our ideas out there. Um, so the Peter Dow thing isn't a deal breaker for me, but I do want to acknowledge that it's like, like I wanted to bring up especially one tweet, if I may, um, to submit to the class. Um, <laughs> so what do you guys make of this? So this was in January of 2017. Okay. Um, and it's from him, Peter Dow, the harsh truth. If you voted third, if, if you voted third party, you voted Trump. If you stayed home, you voted Trump. If you smeared Hillary, you voted Trump. So I didn't really get a sense of when after the Hillary loss, because this was in 2017, right after election. I didn't get the sense of when exactly he shifted or what, like, you know, was it a policy? Like he all of a sudden realized Medicare for all made the moral case. Like it felt a little like I, I wasn't sure. Well,
0: in 2020, he supported Howie Hawkins. He voted for him. So I think that, you know, it's, remember, a lot of people were mad after tw- after Trump won. Just remember that.
13: That's true. That, that, yeah, especially right after. That's That's fair. Yeah, but, like, I felt like, you know, because you showed, oh, he did support Jill Stein in 2012. Mm-hmm. So now Hillary wins and you're blaming. It's almost like you went backwards and then you go forward again. You know, um, but yeah, he did vote green in 2020. And, you know, the Marianne answer, I didn't really know what to make of it. Because like he said, it was like, oh, I wanted to just put a challenge up to Biden. That was my goal, like to shake up the system. But, but it's a democratic campaign. Was,
0: but he yeah, also said he was trying to get her and RFK Jr. to split and run his independence. And if that's true, that explains why every time when Marianne was interviewed and she was asked that question about Dirty Break, that explains why she didn't really answer the question.
13: Mm-hmm. She always avoided it, like always. Like some people yeah. would see it one way, some people would see it the not. It was just so, <laughs> was just so yeah. manipulative. Like it, I mean, everybody was, you know, calling. I think,
0: I think he probably believes that the more people that we had run independent or third party, the better the chance would be to disrupt the duopoly. And if you think about it, that actually makes sense. If we had more people and not just one person,
13: you know what I mean? Oh, totally. I feel like everybody should run. Like that would be, in a a way, it would take the spoiler burden off of Dr. West. Like if RFK declares independent, uh, I'm never gonna vote for him, but he's gonna attract some voters, maybe some voters who would have voted for Trump or some non-voters. Um, and it takes away the idea that, oh, Dr. West is a spoiler for Biden because we have more. No, it's just, <laughs> we just have more candidates running. We have, they have more choices. Um, so I think there's definitely a utility for that. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Dr. West is the, the best candidate for the left that I can see. So it's not like, it's it's not going to be a deal breaker. And honestly, if you're like, you know, if you're like, oh, I really want to break the duopoly and help a left party get to five or 15%, but I don't like a campaign manager. Like that's silly. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I hear you. I I think, um, I think people need to ask yourself, like, what are you voting for? Are you voting for the policies or are you voting for personalities? And I, I think that's where we should like bring our focus. But again, this should not be the only thing that we're we're working on. Again, organizing is very important because like I told you guys a while back, I said, never sur- never make your channel about a campaign. Like never do that. And a lot of people did that during the Bernie movement. A lot of people did that. And I said, don't do that because campaigns come and go. And the person that you're supporting isn't necessarily going to win, Right. But also like in your everyday lives, like don't make it all about a campaign, like make sure that you're still doing organizing or trying to get involved in some type of organizing and helping people in the community. Like the grassroots is very important. I will say this. Dr. West is the only candidate so far that's come out and spoke out against Cop City. Like that in itself should be a red, you know, not a red flag, but that should send up alarms to people. Why have these other candidates been silent in reference to Cop City? Why haven't they said anything? Think about that, because they're not affected. And this is what I want people to understand. RFK Jr. is not affected by the police. Marianne Williams is not affected by the police. Cornel West, yes, he's an academic. Yes, he's well-known to a lot of people, but he's still a black man. He's been arrested protests and things like that multiple times so he understand this but the fact that none of these other candidates have come out and spoken out against cop city that is very suspect to me and i hope more people are paying attention to that
13: yeah all of these fundraisers especially marianne and rfk like they're doing all of these events can't can't do something and it's only dr west that's been there yeah
3: they're not affected by the police they're protected by the police
0: there you go. All right, case study QB will bring you in. Zineb, hon, I don't know what happened. I'm inviting you to speak. <laughs> um, hey, go what's, ahead,
14: what's going on, everybody? Much love to the chat. And um, yeah, I, I first, I just want to say some uh, notes that I took down when I was watching your show. When I, I, I thought they don't want employees talking about how much they get paid. I don't know if everybody knows there's like almost that unspoken rule or there's rules when HR human resources, they tell you not to talk to your other employees about how much you make, but that's because they don't want you comparing and, and saying you, you would go to the boss and say, Hey, I need a pay raise. Cause that person is, I'm doing the same job. And then the last thing is there should be executive pay caps too. Cause you know, you, you played that, um, that, uh, more perfect union clip and they were showing that there, there were caps, for how much the temp workers can make at $19. First of all, to have caps, I was like, what? That's crazy. And then they had the cap at $19 an hour. Like, I thought that was crazy. I was like, what if there's executive pay caps where they're making 21 million, 29 million. What if they can only make, let's say 300,000 K, you know what I'm saying? Then you have a lot more money that could go towards the workers. So that's um about the show. And then about Peter, uh, now, I'm glad that he came on. I was so excited when I saw that he was going to come on your show because I wanted to hear his I'm the type of person, I want to hear both sides. And then I, as a critical thinker, I'll decide on my own what I believe and don't believe. So the first thing is I, I do give him props for coming on your show and having a hearty interview. It wasn't a short. He, um, there were some things that um, I, I didn't like, but I, when I look at a campaign manager, I look at. RFK and Dennis Kucinich, right? He didn't adapt all of Dennis Kucinich's policies, you know, especially on the Palestinian issue. Um, if if it was true that Dennis Kucinich had that much influence on him, you would see the influence, but it's obvious that Dennis Kucinich doesn't have the influence. So I expect the same thing here where we don't have to worry about Cornell West changing what he's going to say or his policy. And I'm willing to give him a chance to see Matter of fact, and I'm glad he's getting all the criticism because now that puts more pressure on him to make sure that he doesn't sabotage or um, or or even, let's say, let's say with the best faith interpretation that he's not a saboteur, but he has to make sure that he does the best job possible as a campaign manager. So I, I would like to see him do things that um, and I think progressive have to run unlike the establishment, the establishment have the luxury of doing all the normal things, I think. Progressives have to do a non conventional campaign. And what does that mean is part of that is we're already seeing what he's doing. Cornell West goes on RBN often. He goes on a whole bunch of different channels. And imagine Bernie Sanders going on RBN and answering questions once a month, which is what um Cornel West is doing. So I like that about what he's doing so far. I wanna see him do Zoom um town halls, maybe quarterly or once a month, whatever they can do sustainably because i don't want to be unrealistic they, they're they going to be very busy but as a people's campaign as a people's candidate he has to make sure that um he galvanized galvanized the people by having like maybe even doing a call in. i would love to see, have him i know he said he would do a call in. i would love to have him um come on in so that we can ask him questions directly and talk to him and the last thing um you can't uh let me see yeah, I would. I want to see him champion rank choice voting as well. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on the the show and on Peter Dow.
0: I suggested that to her to come on call in. God, yeah, that, that we'll was one, one of the questions I did forget to ask. Was would you come on to call in or whatever? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure if he was reading the chat, he was he probably been like, "Oh hell's no." <laughs> 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 Look, hey. Oh, wait, hey, you said Peter Dow or Corner
3: West?
0: Peter Dow. Oh,
3: yeah. Not, I don't know. <laughs> well, both of them. But I, I suggested both of them, Kate. Yeah, I would
14: love for him to do it too, Roger. Go ahead. But
3: it's just that I, I was like, look, look, you decided to take the job. Now you got to eat whatever anyone, whatever tomato anyone throws at you. Unscreened things. You don't get to hide behind the host. You got to come out and you just gotta eat that. Simple as that. But I also suggested a while ago um, to invite Cornell on also. But I think we might have a chance to speak to him, Case, because I think he's going to that climate march thing Sunday by the US. Yes. Yeah, I,
14: I heard about it, but I have to work that night. So I think I'm gonna miss it, but I gotta take a look um, and see if I can at all go to it. But I,
1: Uh, he
3: he himself i'm not saying anything that he didn't already say but you know he's and he already said this so i'm not like doxing anything but he says he lives on 110th street so that's you know that's that's harlem pretty much yeah it's Harlem, right so
2: he's local so and so a case mentioned during choice voting i just wanted to note that um on the current um, Cornell West 24 site, they do have uh, ranked choice voting listed among their um, among their issue policy things. They have aligned public financing of elections with ranked choice voting. I wish some of that stuff in corruption were higher up and led with it, but it is on there.
15: Thanks. Sir.
0: Base, base. Joey, what's up? You're on the mic. Just got to unmute.
15: Booze. You um, want to. Bring me on in a little bit and let people get through the Peter Dow stuff. I, I'm over here in New York and I. I yeah, hi, good morning. I'm fried. Um, <laughs> I gather people to go on first so I don't derail the conversation.
0: Alrighty. T Jasmine, that means you're up. What's up, T Jasmine? Just got to unmute. The picture with the blue eyes. What's up? Hello. <laughs>
16: Oh come um, I didn't hear Joey. I thought Joey was speaking. That's why I have uh, I
0: are you hearing me? Yeah, Joey said he was fried, so it's your turn now. Oh, okay. So um
16: first of all that wasn't a brilliant interview. Well, it was a nice interview. Um I, I saw that you the last time you did a video and you mentioned him being the new campaign manager and you said you would like him to be on your show and I just caught that part so I went immediately on Twitter and I put it in one of his um his tweets I said it was a small tweet so he had a few people in his like about 20 people so I said Sabi Sabs would like you on her her podcast and then I The link to your YouTube video, and maybe that's why the next day he contacted you.
0: Oh, oh, T Jasmine, I did not know about that. Thank you,
16: yeah, because I saw you know you did the thing, and I'm like, you know, maybe he would like to, maybe you'll. And so he, he said the next day, I saw the tweet that he said. I'd be willing to go on anybody's podcast,
0: but I know it
16: was really good. How big, did he, he DM you?
0: Yeah, and 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 he did. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he'll probably go on to others, too.
16: You're a good faith actor. Listen, I've been like, you know, being like the Twitter fighter there because I see a lot of bad faith actors, people trying to foil... Um, cornell west's campaign and it bothers me so but i know that you're the a good faith actor uh, you know so yeah well, it was
0: the yeah. people that was like DMing me him like, and i'm like first of all this isn't mortal combat like it just that was just weird to me i'm like this is Mortal combat this is not a drama type of show yes i do ask people tough questions but this is not that kind of don't bring that I don't bring that energy over to my show like at all. Like don't uh-uh. I don't disrespect my guests. I might disagree with them, but if you're looking for like some yelling screaming match, that is not what I do.
16: And you know a lot of these people who are not angry at Dow Peter Dow joining the campaign. Let's be honest, they were angry at Cornel West way before Peter joined the campaign. They were smearing Cornel West left, right, and center a lot longer than um, before Peter came on scene. Let's be honest, because people were like, oh, he's not being strategic enough, and he's, he's like a race thing, and he's doing this, like, some petty, petty, petty things that would piss me off, you know? Like, he... I've heard him call Joe Biden fascist. How are you saying? And, you know, so so these things that got, like people would say, oh, he's not calling um, uh, Joe Biden fascist. He's calling Jim, um, what's his name? Um, Trump fascist. And, and this was a smear from the beginning. And it, and it just, and it kept blowing up every time. Like, you know, people just kept getting angry at him for no damn reason. And so I thought, this is now the legal excuse or the good, useful excuse that they have. And I'm disappointed in certain podcasters who allow themselves to run cover for people who were bad faith actors in, from the very beginning. I'm just saying it. What do you mean? No. Um. Okay. You know, you know, the last time when I came here, when you were on um, chat calling and I, I told you that, you know, I was very angry. I know I, I hope I didn't I didn't scare anybody, but I was very upset because Jimmy Dore out of the blue just just started blowing up at Cornell West after he was on the breakfast club for no damn reason. No damn reason whatsoever. So it pissed me off. And so to me, he's been running. He's been doing that for, for for before the interview. He did that. He just blew up at him. Then the interview. And then actually twice before the interview, he blew up at him. And then the interview, he really was very rude and disrespectful. And then, after, and then people now, it disappoints me that there are black people. No offense. I'm not racist. But there are black people who are running cover for him um, to say that it's not racist. But to me, speaking condescendingly to a person, speaking down to a person is belittling and it can be racist. I think it's racist. I don't give rat's ass. It's racist. You don't speak down to people. And, 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 and if you have a suggestion, just give the suggestion in a nice way. Maybe they'll take it, maybe they'll reconsider. But give the suggestion nicely with respect. You don't have to speak down to a person. You don't have to badmouth a person. And people were running these Twitter things and, and saying negative things, smearing the man's campaign from before it even got off the ground. People have been smearing his campaign, running tweets, and these people have you know, a lot of people behind them, a lot of for some reason, the algorithm, Twitter algorithm favors them because they, ha- they, they, they have a
0: lot of reach. Well, so when they're
16: running these... I was going to say
0: also, especially since Elon Musk took over, he has yeah. definitely changed the algorithm to benefit certain accounts.
16: Yeah, it's true. And so when people have, you know, Elon Musk is a kind of weird person. Um he, um, he laughed at a guy who said something about, what's that guy's name, Ice Cube. Ice, somebody said, this is a picture, like a, somebody put a meme of Ice Cube as, as um, you know a rough Ice Cube and then a glass of water and saying that's the picture. This is how old you are seeing that. This is how Ice Cube is now. He's now a glass of water or whatever. He's no longer a tough Ice Cube. Oh, so yeah. then Elon Musk laughed. And then um, Ice Cube tweeted back, This is Twitter with the bird. And then this is, and then he had dumpster fire and said, This is Twitter now. And so the next tweets that I saw of Ice Cube, almost like the engagement was so small in comparison to that first tweet. So uh, Elon Musk, somebody has to come and convince me that Elon Musk himself didn't affect that that guy's. didn't shadow ban that guy. Get ice yeah. cube.
0: Yeah, he's 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 been doing that. I'm, I'm gonna let you guys know. Regardless of you know what he has been saying about censorship or speaking out against censorship, I'm here to let you guys know: left accounts are still suppressed on Twitter. Yeah, are still suppressed. Right wing accounts, not so much. It's true, it's
16: true. You see them, like the white right-wing accounts, they have high engagements, high engagements. Yes. The left accounts, if you get 25, you get a lot. It's true. And so um, so when I see people with a lot of engagement and then just mirroring, like, you know, it just, it, just it, it pissed me off. Like, I don't like to see people run cover, like let Jimmy Dore stand on his own two feet like don't run cover for it like he has a lot of supporters you as a black person don't put your body in front of jimmy Dore's bullets um he smeared he he, he he's been debasing and i know listen I, i've said it before i've been listening to jimmy Dore from 2016 i've been always i've uh, whenever he's live i see it i watch his videos i watch his lives i i know him Right? I've been of Jimmy Dore like my mother knows Jimmy Dore's voice. I know i I've been it's not like I'm coming from a bad thing, but when I see him just automatically just attacking something my eyebrow my eyebrows get raised and I, I'm like, why is he doing this? And he came with petty reasons and now he has um some legit reasons because now Dao is the in the mix. Like, no. No, I don't buy it. And um I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know why others are running cover for him. I don't know why. Maybe it's Nick Brana, um on um, people's party stuff. Maybe there's another reason. Listen, Nick Maybe can fuck
0: I... all the way off. Nick huh? Bronick, Nick Brana, in my opinion, can fuck all the way off. He has no credibility. He does not have leg to stand on at this point. And the fact that, you know, you notice you don't hear as much about him anymore. Yeah. Um, but like this uh, presidential campaign was I guess supposed to put him back on the map or whatever but Nick Brana has done things in the most unprofessional way when it comes to the People's Party and I'm just talking about the social media stuff like tweeting your personal opinions from the People's Party Twitter account that's not professional. <laughs> that's, I didn't <laughs> even, I wasn't even following him you know I, I didn't
16: even know that. That's kind of like, you know, I, I hear things in the rumblings about him and I, I'm i not paying that close attention to Nick and, and anything that concerns him. So, but then there's another rumor that, you know, um, Jimmy Dore himself wanted to be an advisor and he kept trying to call and then, you know, um, he he doesn't get the answers that, you know, he doesn't apparently... Um, Cornell isn't answering him fast enough or giving him the traction that he desires so being the uh, egotistical angry, like professional angry person that he is um, just being angry for the, the clicks and shits um, he, found a, he found a reason to, 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 to go against the campaign I don't know if it's if, if that's the reason it's possible because that's the way he is um, but it would be nice if he wasn't like you didn't. You know what? Colonel should pay attention, should never, I hope he doesn't ever go on podcasts that are bad faith actors because it's, it's it, to me, it's worse if you go on some, you go on, um, you go on a pod, podcast to get, at least to get slimed in the beginning. You don't need to be slimed. You need to get your message across in a way that somebody's just not going to come at you and trying to do jabs that you are trying to get you to say things. Like, you know you know that good faith interview that you had? You wanted to know this situation. You want to know the things that happened in his childhood or when he was conscripted as a child soldier. You wanted to know certain things about how he acted with the Bernie bros or whatever. You know certain good faith questions that you had i mean they're serious questions they're questions that he has to answer but at least it's good faith it's not like why don't you why are you calling this guy fascist and you know to me if he goes on, on a podcast that have good faith questions that's the one that he should those are the ones that he should no matter how small their channels are but if it's a guy who's just trying to get him to say things or get him to, to make gotcha questions. It's about those people. You already have smears in the um, the general media. You don't need um, people to, to smear you and to try to shape the left against you because they've persuaded a lot of people over the last few weeks. They've persuaded, persuaded a lot of people and I wish you weren't so. And that's my...
14: Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to going on different shows, and, and that is something that you got to be careful about. But I, I like the fact that the, he does go on, on a lot of different shows. Now, the question is, time is is is, is, is time is not money, but time is valuable, right? So he, he can't be everywhere, and he's going to be doing a lot of different things with his campaign. So I understand a campaign manager will say, oh, I only want him going on certain channels, whether they have a certain size and up or whatnot. But let's say um, Vosh. Like, me personally, I've never said that I don't like a channel. I'm, I'm actually usually I, – I watch a lot of different channels. Matter of fact, shout out to Jacob who who came on earlier because I watched um, the Valley Report in the past. I, I didn't even know he was on RBN, so I'm glad you guys hooked up. But Vosh is, like, the one of the only people that I'd be like, yeah, this dude is not even productive. I, I would not even <laughs> tell Cornel West to go on this guy because he's yeah. just – there's wow. no, he's the one. Like you guys know me, I, yes. I watch everybody from T Y T to Car- Crystal to R B N to Rational. I have watched everybody. That dude's the one person, and um, also I don't like that dude. Um, what's that? That guy's Benjamin Dixon. That's the, those. So Be- Benjamin Dixon, who I think is a bad faith actor personally, um, he rubbed me the wrong way, and Vosh <laughs> are the only two people that I would say nah.
16: Yeah, Benjamin Dixon is for sure. You know, he goes by Pastor Ben on Twitter, so it's it's kind of weird. And he lies a lot. And he I don't I don't he rubbed me the wrong way when he was with T Y T and saying something with Anna during the pandemic. And he was trashing a a black doctor. He was trashing her, saying how dumb like they you know they're pushing mandates. Not everybody wants to, to 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 do the COVID stuff. Like, give people a break. And he's he's sitting there with Anna pushing mandates. And apparently, the doctor was praying or something. And he sat there just going like Anna was saying racist things, and he was giving her cover. And it pissed me off. I I've never liked him from then. And then after that, he did the, you know, there was the force vote thing. And and you know, I, I've never liked that guy. Um, so. Anyway, to me, Anna was saying racist things because you know i'm i'm not i don't get thin, thin skin because you're 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 attacking a black person but if you're making bad bad faith attacks, it bothers me you know I'm not like um Superman for black people but don't be making bad faith attacks on people for the heck of it and saying that she's stupid because she went to a university in Nigeria how can ben? Ben, um, Benjamin, what's his name again? How can he be saying that? Because uh, woman, like, are you dumb? Nigerian people are brilliant.
14: Yeah, Benjamin Dixon.
16: Yeah. I, yeah, like he's, does he not know that when Nigerians come? I'm not even Nigerian. I'm Jamaican. When when Nigerians come to the United States and to Canada, they 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 have the highest. Um, the, usually, they're doctors. Like, don't be yes. saying saying things shit like um oh he she, you know she's a doctor from Nigeria and then and and and, and I think like it's racist. Don't be pissing me off like that. So yeah I've never liked that guy. Anyway so I would say he should avoid people like that. Um, to be honest, I don't like Crystal or Kyle but I'd be even more at ease if he went on Crystal and Kyle or you know, and rising, and all the other thing, but avoid people like Jimador who's gonna be condescending and smearing and attacking for no fucking reason. Avoid people who attack you for no reason. That's can just so awesome.
0: Can I you. just say something? I find it very interesting that um, Cornell West apparently has not been on Breaking Points, like Crystal and Sagar said. We invited them on months ago, and we're still trying. And so, like, people have been saying on Twitter, they're like ghost.
16: <laughs> yeah because you know they've been um, they've been going hard for Marianne well not really that hard they're they're really Democrats but they're, they've are they been saying things that to me I wouldn't well, want to they, appear smeared the-
0: him, they smeared him the moment he announced
16: yeah exactly so why would he go on like avoid people who are going to smear you you know so I have nothing else to say except uh, about them. Except just avoid people who are. And to be honest, even them, I'm more comfortable with than somebody like than than what Jimmy Dore did. And I'm, I've been a Jimmy Dore viewer for a long time, and he pissed me off to the point that like he's a bad faith actor. Don't run his program ever again. Just pretend like he's never existed and move on with your life. That's how I feel. And I still watch his program, but, you know, I still watch his videos, but I, I, I see
0: what he is. Mm. Anyway. Well, thank you so much for that T. Jasmine. I want to go to Amanda. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Okay. Amanda, you are on the mic.
17: Hi, Sabrina. How's it going? Great show.
0: Thank you. Uh, I just saw, like, by the way, I just saw a message from uh, Roger. I guess Roger sent this to me apparently before I went live. I'm glad I didn't see it before I went live, Roger. <laughs> Roger sent me a message that said, this could make or break you, Sab." I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, let
17: me tell you why I think it will make you. You asked really tough questions. And you, when he finished his answer, you allowed no emotion from you to get in the way, and even when he asked you, I hope that answers the question, you did not respond, which I think was great, because it said, I, we are going to be watching you, yeah, I heard your answer, I heard it, but you're not making the judgment for us whether we liked it, and whether it answered the question that we had. And I think that was a very great way to to approach that interview. And I and I hope that it gets seen in lots of places. Case I'm sure you can probably do a little help there. Just a little request from me. I'm sorry. Say that again. But, What's the request? Clip some of those good answers that, that and questions that Savvy had of this guy. I mean, if you've got the time, I just think it's important. I'm sure Savvy will, too, because she'll have her clips.
14: I, I did see one thing that I wanted to clip. I, I have to go back and, and look for it.
17: But I like that you didn't let, let him off the hook and you asked difficult questions. And the other thing I want to say is... For the people that are naysayers about him, well, one thing the campaign manager will disappear, because it's true. Cornell West is a man of his own mind. He's not going to get influenced by Peter Dow. But I do want something who's an MF crafty guy, because let's just say it's not going to be easy going against the Republicans and the Democrats. We need somebody crafty so that Cornell West can keep his head above the fray and when shit needs to get done, excuse my swearing when it needs to get done, Peter Dow knows what needs to get done, and he will recognize when things are being done against Cornell. Should you trust him? No, I completely agree with Zena. was that Zena who said don't to politicians, you don't know these people don't trust them. trust their actions, and on I for one, I as my birthday wish two years ago, wished for Cornel West to run for president. I want him as president. And I want the best people on his team. And if we can't get the best people, I want people that know how to do their job. And I think Peter Dow will be able to do that. And the reason I say that is because he did try every trick in the book tonight with this interview, right? He he pulled out everything he had because Sabrina gives a, a tough interview, and, and the fact that some people will see it and not just automatically distrust him, but rather take all those things into consideration and take into consideration what his answers were is important, which is why I'm really grateful for the way that you did the interview tonight, Sabrina, and I'm very thankful that we have this space, as um, I think neoliberal tears said that we have this space to kind of work these things out.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. There were definitely like, I looked over one time, there was definitely some trolls in the chat. I was like, damn.
17: The other thing is, is like, there could be a movement, but Peter Dow would not be the head of the movement that happens after the end of the campaign. That would have to be a parallel kind of role either within the campaign or parallel organization outside the campaign that gets organized by all of the volunteers. I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach it. But I think anybody going into the campaign and wanting to put in energy to Cornell's campaign should also specifically try to look forward past the campaign so that they have some energy left for what happens after November of
0: 2020. Yes, I, I 100% agree. I feel you there. Thank
17: you, so, thank you so much, Sabrina.
0: Have a great night, and I hope you have a good day tomorrow. You too. Thank you so much. We'll see if this hurricane shows up. I don't know, man. I'm just, um, I mean, I went through hurricanes in the South, so to me, like a hurricane in the Northeast is just, there's, it's just a lot of wind and rain. What's up, Eric?
18: Hey, Sabby. Savvy, I know you said it was going to be a short call, but uh, I'm I'm grateful that uh, it's been going this long. So thank you.
0: Well, you know what I mean by
18: short. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I was I was on the chat and I was furiously typing away. You know, I I couldn't get in at the beginning of the call when and I didn't know that you were going to interview him. So when I jumped on the on the YouTube. It had already been going on for quite a while. So I couldn't, and I have not been able to see the very beginning of the, of the interview. I could only jump in you know, at the time that I, I had time to do so. But, you know, earlier this week, we had talked about how, you know, there's only so much pool of talent in any one profession, right? Uh, even I can look at my own type of work, and you can look at your own type of work, and you know that a lot of times there's a small circle within each city or each state of those type of people that do that type of work. Uh, and, and so you can't, you know, really go beyond that pool. However, if, if you have done any type of work at any, you know, for some time, you can recognize strategically that there are people that are competent, non-competent. You could also recognize that there are people that could be, uh, you know, in a sense, divisive, or uh, they can disturb what you're trying to accomplish at work. Whatever type of field it is, you don't have to get into politics. You could take it to if you're a school teacher, right? If you're working in, uh, you know, it's a garbage van. It doesn't matter. Somebody that you know that's competent, but they eventually create a reputation for themselves, right? So this guy does have a reputation in this field. And people typically don't change unless they're pushed and their back, back is against the wall. For some reason or another, whether it could be because of money, it could be other things that are happening in their lives. And that's why it brings them to to change. Right. So he in, in, in the call that he had when you were interviewing him, the way that he appeared to me was as a person. that was uh, running cover the way that he was talking so quickly uh, that he was doing damage control. That's the way he came across when he started to cry. And I even typed it up, I think, on one of the messages like these are crocodile tears that he's putting up. There was no need for him to bring up whatever he had to say about his past so that we would feel sorry for him. That's a sneaky move. You know, the fact that you're having to talk about that, because if you're going to go to an interview, when people ask you, tell us about yourself. I don't want to know about your family. I want to know how you can perform this job that, I'm, that you're applying for and how you're going to be able to use your experience to bring about good results wh- whatever it is that you're being hired for. So the fact that we're asking you about, you know, tell us about yourself has nothing to do with uh, about your family. Directly. The, the,
2: the, okay. question, the question was directly about his past, so. though.
18: It, yeah, but, but still, he's being hired to do a task, a job, right? And then, you know, we can look back, I think, a couple of days ago, and I don't know if it was yesterday, Savvy, when you, Rome, CJ, and Nick were analyzing, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole uh, – you know i think uh cornell interview and in the in the or oh, in the fact that 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 you know this guy was being brought on uh and you know cj and nick came the hardest and and i and i don't know if i can say this but there was times where you were looking down when you, when both nick and cj were kind of going off uh, and i don't know if you were reading notes or what you were doing sabi what are, but, what are you talking about uh, the one of the one of the reason uh I guess panels that you guys had I don't know if you guys were looking at the, the the interview with uh uh what is it with uh with JD and Cornell and the four of you guys were like reviewing something and you guys were talking about what how Cornell especially Cj and Nick that there was things that that Cornell that you guys had talked to him about and then when he had had the interview with JD he was still kind of Going the other way, um, without, oh okay, gotcha. Okay, so a- anyhow, both CJ and Nick were pretty, you know, tough um, on on a lot of the things that Cornell was saying, and uh, in some ways they were agreeing with some of the things that JD uh, Jimmy Dore was saying, uh, but not the way that he was disrespectful, especially towards the end of the interview, uh, right? And and I think Rome also pointed out a lot of things that were, you know, like. Wow. Yeah. Rome had a lot of good things to say there that the way he was analyzing things. Right. Still, you know, I would still vote for Cornel West, but I do question. And even in the uh, what's the name of that show, show the dissidents, the, 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 the guy, uh, I'll forget his name, the two guys. But the one guy was analyzing how Peter Dow is coming into this and how uh, Dr. Stein, you know, was saying that she didn't know him, but yet she vetted him. And then uh, the guy from the dissonance show was saying that either shows that she's really naive or she's not really telling the truth because he was coming at her and coming at uh, She
0: doesn't. So I'm, I do know Jill Stein. She's local to me. She doesn't know him personally, just like I don't know him personally.
18: No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that he need, that, that she knows him, but more so the things that he's done. You know, that she's aware of these things that he had done and, and the way that he had come at Bernie supporters and, you know, the things that he was tweeting for years uh, that were basically just not very, very fair, right? And, yeah. and anyhow, that's, that's, what, the, she that's wasn't what the guy really, was saying.
0: Yeah, it's probably because of Twitter, because I do know... And me and her have talked about this before, like after her campaign actually started a little bit before the election day. But then after her campaign, like her, that was when they did that big switch on Twitter with the algorithm. So she probably didn't even see any of that stuff.
18: Again, you know, this is what what the guy from Dissidence was saying. And he made some good points, you know, that it it seemed like, wow, did she bet him? Did she really bet him thoroughly? I mean, we'd have to hear her out, I guess, to see what she did to vet this guy. And then the other thing is, you know, okay, this guy is saying, claiming as he got on your show and you asked him that he's changed, that he's, you know, he's here for for this movement, right? He kept saying the movement or referencing, right? Well, that's great, but he doesn't have to be the campaign manager of this, you know, of this big candidate, this candidate that we all have, that we're hoping that he's going to create a movement so that, Third parties can become more uh, uh, an option for, for regular folks to, to go and, and support. Uh, he doesn't have to do that. You know, and whether we here collectively on your show, your audience, if we, just because we don't know any other candidates that could do this job doesn't mean that they don't exist. If we were to look at, say, the Green Party's own winners, I think, you know, the Green Party has had some success. Uh, even though they don't advertise it and they don't do as good job as as they should, they have had on the local level, people win. Well, who's been their campaign managers? Who have been the people or the resources that were used for those people that were successful? Well, can I just,
0: just, as someone, I, I do know a lot about this because number one, I've interviewed a lot of those people and I think what people may not understand is that, First of all, number one, the local level is different. And some of those seats that the Green Party candidates won on the local level were seats that were, there was no contest. So you have to, these are the kind of things that I think are important to say, like, but on the local level, it is completely different. It's not the same as running a national campaign. And not all of those Green Party candidates have a campaign manager when they ran on the local level either. In fact, I would say most of them don't. See, these okay. are the things that, that's the thing about running third party. This is why some people don't do it is because it's not just about the ballot access and the resources and the money. It's also those things like trying to find someone to be a communications director, but you really can't pay them much. Find, trying to find somebody to be campaign manager, but you really can't pay them much. A lot of these people that are, have worked with campaigns before a lot of them don't want to work with third party candidates because, again, it's a career killer. It really right. is, unless you're going to stay there. Well, so,
18: uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to say this just from a from a pragmatic, just strategic, uh, you know, just looking at my own. Uh, again, what I do for a living is if this guy, again, he's divisive. And, and he's come in with that with that stigma, you know, behind this person. And it's clear by the amount of, of uh, uh, super chats and people, whatever that guy Sparky and many others were saying, uh, right? He's got that stigma. Now, there is time Well, from now to next I'm gonna year. Really quick, uh, and I'm just going to make...
0: The super chats, okay, the pardon. super chats were prompted.
18: Y- yeah. No, what I was going to say was, um, uh, well... What I was going to say was there's still time, right, from now till next year. If if Peter Dow does, you know, produce some tangible results here soon that seem like they're positive, right, for the behalf of the Green Party and Cornell West, then I think all of us, you know, because we're actively listening to you and other shows uh, about what's going on with Cornell West, that if he does do some good actions and he takes some strategic actions right now, that seem legitimately good, then I think a lot of us are going to be like, okay, you know what? We don't like this guy, but at least it seems like he's doing something right. So there is time that where he can make this change, you know, even if we don't like this guy, right? There's time to do that, but he has to hit the road, and, and we have to see those tangible results. If in if in turn he he uh, he goes back to the way he's done things in the past, and he makes Cornell West look bad. It makes them do things that we would we would consider to be more the, the status quo. Then we are going to all be saying, "Oh yeah, that see what he did. Th- that's because of that guy, right?" There is time for him to succeed. Uh, you know, not a lot of time, but it's t- there's time there, savvy. If that makes sense.
0: Totally hear you, but I think we got to remember what Zoya said about operational. That campaign manager, their job is operational. So just keep in mind like Dr. West already had his principles on his website before Peter Dow was even brought in as campaign manager that hasn't changed I looked at the website the other day so that's just something to think about I totally hear where you're coming from but I think again let's not make the focus solely about Peter Dow because we don't want to we don't want to take away from the policies of the campaign in reference to what the campaign is doing I that's what I told you guys again the other night October 3rd, Dr. West is speaking at the Peace in Ukraine rally in D.C. So there's that. There's also the climate action. These things are happening. I'm saying this because people keep contacting me saying, when is Dr. West going to do something? I'm like, he's been doing stuff. He actually had had the event in reference to Cop City that some people went to, some people didn't go to. That was recent. He has the climate action event in New York, which Roger was just telling you guys about. And then he has the uh, the peace in Ukraine rally in D.C. with him, Adia Benjamin and uh, Claudia, who's Claudia is running for PSL. So and Lee Camp is also speaking at that event. So in terms of yeah, the organizing and the stuff on the ground, Dr. West is doing that.
18: Well, that's great. That's great, and, and you got to remember, I mean, I, I support him, and I think the majority of the people that are listening here on your show are going to support him, too. Uh, I do also hope that that he does take heed to some of the things that even when he's talked to Nick and CJ, that he he actually, you know, and I think, I don't know if it was you that was saying it. Uh, look, I listen to you all the time, Sadie, so I apologize. I don't know what show it was. But you were saying, like, he's got to go for the knockout. Like, you know, when he comes at, you know, when he's talking about Biden or whoever the other candidate is, he's got to come with, like, hey, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> and and, and I, I just remember you saying something. You didn't use the F word, but you said knockout. And I think he does have to do more of that. You know, like, really make himself separate himself from all these other candidates without any hesitation, you know, whether he's talking about Biden or whoever, you know. Yeah. You still hear
0: me? yeah, I totally hear you. Yeah, you really go hard. At, I know I have noticed like candidates don't really want to go hard at each other, but you got to, you got to, you got to knock them out. I think they're afraid that what happened to Tulsi would happen to them because Tulsi went hard after Kamala Harris. And then just like that, Tulsi was gone.
18: Yeah, but, I, you know, but I think people are, are yearning for this, you know, people are yearning for somebody who's going to stand and say what, what they feel. Um uh, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't think Cornell will lose anything. You know, he's already stood up to Obama in the years past when he called him out and people still love him. You know, so I, I think there's a way that he could say it in a way that's still good. But he's like, yeah, you know, like I'm coming for this. This is I'm doing this for the people. And
13: and he knows how to. I mean, he called uh, in some interviews the Democrats irredeemable. You know, which I think is a great way to phrase that, you know, they yeah. have betrayed their own voters, the you know, the working class, they're irredeemable. Don't ever go there again, you know, like never shop there again. So I think also when people say he needs to go harder, he has been going hard. Like the Breakfast Club was a great interview that people only played like a few seconds here and there. Yeah, that, that was. I, I, I
0: felt like that was intentional. Yeah, room.
13: it was. And I watched the full interview. I mean, look, if you're a real leftist, you know that, like, first of all, you would check out the full thing because it's exciting. You want to see Charlemagne and Dr. West. Um, But also, yeah, it was a it was it, he was savaging Biden there he, in a loving way, but savaging Biden. Um, and even Kennedy, if you actually listen to him, like Sabi was saying, like, he always talks about the neocons around Biden, like the, the neocons in the administration. It's never Biden. Biden is this good fucking fr- like you know so I think Dr West knows how to go hard but if I can just voice where I would um, <clears throat> as a community would I th- what I think we should watch for is when people talk about oh we're worried about infiltration we're worried about the you know like the the campaign being infiltrated the 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 idea so much isn't that Peter Dow would change Dr West on policy it's that he would sabotage the campaign operationally. So like, you know, and I'm not saying that he would do that. I'm just saying like, I think that's what people are afraid of. Like, for example, like I, and this has nothing to do with Peter Dow, but like uh, what I'm gonna watch out for is like, I signed up to volunteer for the Dr. West campaign and I've been getting like the fundraising stuff, you know, and the announcements, but I haven't gotten anything specific about my state or how we can get signatures. So I went to the ballot access website, and it says, you know, it has, like, the dates and, you know, how many signatures we would need, but there's no contact for my state. So if if, if a Democrat were to come in and infiltrate, it would be – sorry, go ahead.
0: So are you on the Discord group for the volunteers?
13: I'm not, no. I don't know there was one
0: you have to join the Discord group. And then two, I did bring on Justin and Rick to explain how the ballot access
13: works in those states. Oh yeah, that was that was fantastic too. Um, yeah. yeah, Justin was great. Um, but like, yeah, I think if, if um, uh, people are gonna look to see like, uh, you know, when people sign up to volunteer, do they get contacted? Like, do they get reached out to? Um, you know, so that's sort of, and again, he only joined five days ago. So like, you know, he's gonna, have time to uh, sort through all of that. But I think that's what people are worried about. Like, and also when you asked him, like, you know, um that question, Sabi, about infiltration and what, what he was thinking about that, he didn't really have a great answer. He kind of just said, you know, like, if people change their minds, they're welcome to come in. And I think as someone that has been in this movement, I would want um the team that's around Dr. West to think about this. Like, how do we um watch out for that kind of thing like make sure it doesn't happen because well, it's happened before yeah
0: you're right you're 100 percent right but i'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys from experience those infiltrators will get in regardless every organizing thing i've been a part of there's been infiltrators when we did camp data the reason why i never posted the vlog the vlogging i did there is because camp data was infiltrated okay. that's why i didn't and then also um courtney Courtney Banks is studying, she's trying to go to law school. That's why um, their YouTube channel doesn't have videos anymore. So that's also why I didn't post that as well. But every organizing, Medicare for All organizing uh rallies had infiltrators. The People's Party had infiltrators, the Green Party had infiltrators, the Democratic Party had infiltrators, the Republican Party had infiltrators. Every organizing thing is gonna have some type of infiltration. Um, that's why even when it comes to the Boston RBN chapter, I keep it very small. You know, it's just but there's there's always gonna be that. That's gonna happen regardless. So and this is something like and Zoe told you guys, you know, it could be a possibility of Nina Turner like having some type of position or whatever. So just prepare yourself for that. And there's gonna yeah, there's be a lot of-
18: Yeah, we I think we we would all say not like that, but uh, yeah. I think we have to realize I guess there's only so much you know, that 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 Cornell's going to do that we are going to be aligned with, but we still need to support him because he's still the best candidate for what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, and he, and again, you know, we can't just put everything, all our eggs on him, just like, you know, Roger always says, and, uh, and that's the truth, you know, so, uh, yeah. Can you guys still hear me? Oh darn it! I lost. Yeah, I
0: can it. hear you. I'm just. I want to make sure oh, I get yeah. through the, I'm the queue.
18: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. So I, I, I don't want to take too, too much longer. But you know, again, you know, I still support him. I, I but I, I did find, you know, even, even CJ's tweet, you know, where I can't remember what he said. Like he's left, he's leaving the camp of Cornell or whatever. Uh, I mean, it, CJ and Nick were pretty, pretty, you know, black and white in terms of like how they felt about all this. Uh, it was just interesting, you know, to hear them. To me, it's always interesting to hear you guys, When, especially when all four of you guys get together.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. for me, again, like, you guys have to make your own decisions. But yeah. one thing to remember, like, yes, we are a network, but we all have – we have different opinions and different, you know,
9: ideas. The final, the
0: final. Like Rome, Ron, for example, doesn't believe in voting at all. He, he'll right. tell you. He don't care. I don't know if you guys saw the, the video he put up on Twitter where he said – People keep asking me why, how I feel about Peter Dow joining Corner <laughs> West campaign, and then Rome said, "I don't give a fuck."
18: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, we kind of know when Rome says certain things. We kind of know that he's because we, we, we've been listening for for a couple of years now, so we kind of know, uh, and, and we kind of all know that your your own traits and personalities when you're acting. But I just like it, and I enjoy it when all of you guys get together. Uh, and I hope that I see more of that. I just like it when you guys do that because it just—it seems like really the whole team is there for us to hear hear it out. So,
0: yeah. Any, it's, anyways, I, I, miss, I miss being able to do the roundtable things because um the thing is like with my my work schedule, it's not Tuesdays don't work out for me like it used to um because we have meetings during that time but yeah it it was nice to kind of jump on and be able to do that again but yeah it's you know it's hard with our schedules
18: i'm gonna let the other guys talk but it was nice hearing case study qb it's always a pleasure to hear that guy so keep doing what you're doing case study thank you thank
14: you so much and just to talk on real quick about infiltrators my my mentality because i i think the same way you do so i'd be like there's going to be infiltrators in the organization that you join and I know for me, my mentality is you know how there's that list that Nick um used to talk about a lot of the CIA, the the list of things the CIA used to tell their agents on how to be an infiltrator. I would take that list and tell my members like, Hey, if any of you guys do this, three times strikes and then you're out. You got three strikes and after that,
0: you're out. <laughs> That's how I would I hear you. Let's bring in Dave. Dave, you're on the mic. Just got to unmute.
13: Go on once. We can even call it Go in
0: twice. Go ahead, neoliberal.
13: <laughs> oh, I was just um, adding to cases, though. The three strikes, you know, for the CIA. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Okay, Dave. All right, let's go to Jay New York. I think that's, yeah, Jay New York, you just got to unmute if you are on the mic. Well, you are on the mic if you're ready. I'm ready. Hey, nice. What's up?
19: Uh, first time caller, thanks for taking the call. Uh, just want to say real quick, uh, I, Case, I think you made a great point about uh, Dennis Kucinich is very having very little impact on uh, at least what seems like very little impact on RFK's um, campaign. Uh, Also, I just wanna just say that the election is not this November, it's next November. And there is absolutely no need to make some hasty decision based upon a, a campaign manager. I mean, you have months to see how this plays out and then say, Hey, you know what? I'm not feeling this, but to, you know, come down now and just say, Oh, I'm, I'm out. Or this is going to be this. or this is going to be that. We have no idea what's, how this is, you know, I mean, we're hoping that, you know, this is going to go smoothly, you know, many of us, but you know, no one has a crystal ball, pardon the pun to tell of the future.
0: No, you're right. That's that's a really good point. I think people need to remember Jill Stein announced uh, the year of the election, so she announced like in 2016. Just a reminder, Cornell West is way ahead of the the game here, so just keep that in mind. And I think I know some of us are impatient, but the thing is, he's way ahead of the curve for a Green Party candidate. Democrat candidates have to announce early because the primaries start in February of next year, so that's just something to keep in mind. Ah, Okay.
19: And just one last thing. So for all the folks out there who think that Cornel West just basically about race and not income inequality, um, he wrote a book maybe about 10 years ago called The Rich and the Rest of Us. Yep, And he embarked on a poverty tour after that. So, you know, I think he knows a thing or two about that subject (laughs) also.
0: Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I think um again, if people actually look at Cornell West's website, they would see that. Like I, I showed you guys before, the very first thing is dismantling the empire. So again, I think there are some personal feelings here. And I told you guys when I watched the interview with Jimmy and Cornell West, like there's there's personal things. And it was personal, you know. I think <clears throat> yes, you know, he may have issues with Cornell West campaign. But also, if you ask to be a part of the campaign and then, you know, that's not, I guess, received or accepted or whatever, you know, maybe that made him feel some kind of way. So just keep that in mind. I'm just here to tell you guys people in the space can get very much offended if they feel like they're snubbed. And sometimes they'll use that to take that out on you in their commentary. So, for example, Crystal said, we've invited Dr. West on, but he hasn't, you know, we're still waiting and all that kind of stuff. And they've been very critical against uh, Cornell West. So I'm telling you, people in this space, they'll do that shit. If you snub them or they feel like you're taking too long to get back to them, oh, they'll, they can trash you. That was a pretty good impression.
13: (laughs) Hey, guys, we've been trying for months and he just never gets back to us. But he goes on, Sabby, every other week. We're pissed (laughs) off. We're pissed off. Like, it's so funny because, like, he does go on, like, CNN and these big shows. It's such an obvious snipe. Like, you know, like, snubbing them. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, Sabby, for uh, bringing up the motivations part. You know, because we're all humans. We all have feelings that get hurt. Um, And sometimes it's fun to just see that play out.
3: But you know what, the thing is, is that if you feel, if anyone feels that, I don't know, uh, all hope is lost or, you know, like, uh, you're not really trying to mess with it or whatever, put that energy towards something else, like a ballot initiative. Especially if you live in a citizen ballot initiative state, if you feel, ah, I'll just do that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. You know, because. As you get each of these policies in your state, preferably as an amendment, then you get to take stuff off the table. So instead of, I want this politician to pass these 10 things, well, if you're able to get it where you're at, and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, shoot, I was able to take five things off the table. All right, so that zeroes down to, hey, I just need them to approve five things for me. You know what I mean? And um, I see whoever's still out there, whoever get that ballot initiative on there to outlaw, outlaw private equity from owning hospitals and medical facilities and nursing homes. I see you.
0: That's right. Anything else, uh, Jay? Uh, no, that's it for me. I'm going to say goodnight and thanks for taking the call again. All righty. Let's bring in Karen. Karen, you are on the mic. Just have to hit unmute. It's a puppy with a little hat on its head. All right, Karen, going once, going twice, going three times. No, Karen. Okay, going to Tiffany. It's another puppy. This puppy has a crown on its head. What's going on, Tiffany? Hello? Hello. Can you
20: hear me? i can hear you okay i was just gonna say this is my first time calling in but sabby you did an awesome job um you allowed the space for people to see him for who he was but also the balance to not allow him to just get away with the interview so i think you did an awesome job with that um he showed his face he showed who he was um but in all fairness, like you said before, um, what is the solution if he, if not him? Who else do we have? So you have to look at it from that perspective as well and allow um, the opportunity um, to see what he can offer, because I don't think that it was just, um, you know, her saying, oh, use this person. I think that Cornell West is also intelligent enough to understand who he's dealing with as well. So I think that um, your interview, you know, was a home run to allow people who have never seen him in that light or, you know, who have never, you know, don't really know who he is to be able to make a better decision or to be able to see him for who he is or not, you know? But we also have to be fair in understanding that like Zoya said we don't know none of these people we don't know none of these people
0: so that's right and I think too you know it's just one thing to keep in mind is like Peter Dow doesn't really do many interviews you guys it's been a while yeah so the fact that he was willing to to actually have the discussion you know says a lot right and I think that that's where we have to be
20: fair at. Um, and it's, it's no different that, you know, if you go, he's in, like she said, Zoya said, he's in the operations of it. Your boss at work can be the worst boss in the world, but you don't deal with him every day on a daily basis. You're dealing with everybody else around you. Those are the people that you're that's that's pushing the business, that's pushing this and pushing that. He's pretty much in that same position. And it's up to the people that are around him to make sure that this man is not gonna do the wrong things. But I like I said, I just think that Cornel West is intelligent enough to understand who he's dealing with. And I think that we have to look at it from that perspective. You don't just jump in, you know, I don't think that he would just jump in bed with anybody. Um just knowing him, you know, for as long as I've been, you know, watching him. So I don't think that he would ever do that. Um, but I think that you did the best the best job at this because I don't think that Kyle and them would have been <laughs> able to get the answers that you got. I don't see very many people that would have been able to get the answers that you got. And you were very fair. You didn't like you know, chastise him or jump on him. And I see that a lot in a lot of these podcasts where the people don't even get a chance to see the person. And you need to allow that because if you just start jumping on people, you're never going to get what you got out of him. You know, because whether he knows it or not, he showed his hands on both ends.
3: That was very, see your style. Because what you do is, because someone had said, Oh, Sabrina, push back. As well pushing back, mm-hmm. back is interrupting the person and not not letting them uh, speak and get a thought out. I said, no, 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 let him speak and let him hang himself.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. If people are looking for like that uh, crass like style of communication, like that's I don't do that. That's not who I am. Um, I don't like it when people overtalk each other because then you can't hear what's said. Like, I don't like that. I, like I'm not doing this for entertainment and some people just want to see a fight. Right. Some people come over and they just like, let me just see a brawl, knock this person out. Like, that's not who I am. It's for people to get the answers to the questions that they had. And so it's always funny to me if I look over and someone in the chat says, push back, do this, interrupt this person, da da da, And I'm like, no, like that's not who I am. And, and I think that, people have to stop trying to they have to stop trying to make podcasters act and behave like other podcasters right because at the end of the day we're all individuals and no one no one is going to tell me what to do like just period <laughs> <laughs>
20: And that's what I loved about it. And you can you you could tell your stance was, it was beautiful. And I had my um, 18-year-old son in here listening um, because this is his first year voting. He's um, fresh out of high school and I'm taking him to see Cardinal West tomorrow. Um, we're here in California. And, um, you know, it's a lot of issues out that's going on. And I think that we just need somebody like that or somebody that's not a Republican or a Democrat, they're fighting with each other enough and all that corporate stuff going on over there. It's its a bit much, you know? I was just talking to my son. We were talking about how tuition is going up here in California, another 6%. I pay $2,000 a month for one of my kids' rent because she's a pre-med student. That's the rent. That's, that's, that's her dorm fee yep, two thousand dollars, and I have you know this one here, you know, so it's it's I thank God that you know I'm able to um provide in that sense, but it's still a lot you know it's a lot here in California six figure income is like making forty thousand dollars, so it's a lot of issues at hand, so I just think you know podcasts like yours. And people like yourselves everybody here has been beautiful and and you know I, I just i'm grateful that i found your page and and i've been watching you for like the last month and a half and i was like i'm gonna jump on today <laughs> i'm just gonna jump on because I, I i really appreciate you and i appreciate that interview especially knowing that my son was able to see the class that you, the class that you had, you know, he needed to see that he needed to understand because he's like, "Mom, why aren't you a Democrat anymore?" And I said, <laughs> "I, you know, I don't push my views on my children. I allow them to see it for themselves, you know." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Just, just keep watching, you'll see." Tiffany.
3: Tiffany. Yes. Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine is still six figures. <laughs> oh, I see point. feel like they don't feel like forty thousand dollars, but I know what you mean. I'm just fucking with you.
20: Oh yeah, it feels like forty here. <laughs> Trust
17: oh, me.
3: I hear you. I hear
17: you. It
0: feels like I'm, it. I was being a smart <laughs> ass. Oh man, I know you had to go there, uh, Roger.
20: (laughs) And I love it though. (laughs) Thank you guys, but um, I don't want to hold you up. Um, like I said, I love your show. Keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing, and know that um, I'm bringing these youngsters to your podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, thank you so much all right have a good night <laughs> you too all right <laughs> okay karen i see you're back let's try this again karen all you have to do is hit the unmute uh button there you go is it working? what's going on
21: good. yeah oh. i can hear you oh okay it's the whole screen changed my tablet's been doing wacky things tonight originally i hit it not knowing i hit it and then i was annoyed when i went oh uh, anyway, I kept hitting the... I kept, I guess I kept hitting the wrong microphone because c- you can hear me now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. I thought it was really neat the other day the way Nico interviewed Cornell and then Jimmy and, and got the two sides. And it was kind of the way I saw it myself. Jimmy's over-enthusiastic because we all have to remember he wanted to run, right? And then he... So I think he's vicariously too enthusiastic just my opinion and trying to live through like he wants to help carnell so much but nobody likes unsolicited advice and i think he's coming on too strong and i think they really have way more in common with each other than they realize and it's a mess like i'd love to see hedges do similar to what nico did um because i think it's kind of a shame because I think they still could help each other a lot, you know? Um, Yeah. I guess that's really all I wanted to say. (laughs) Yeah. That
0: bridge might be burned. I
21: I know it's sad though, eh? Because I think Jimmy's just was too enthusiastic. He, he doesn't see that part of himself, that Joe Harry window, the way he, he doesn't see that he's very aggressive at times and it's off putting. I've seen it. I've seen him, Even his own staff has told him off for that, the way he's reacted to uh, Super Chats and his wife took over because he overreacts and he doesn't seem to realize how it affects people. I I think he gets at times too enthusiastic and both men have big egos too. Cornell's not like perfect either and the The egos of both of them kind of got in the way and, and clouded them, which is sad.
0: I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Go ahead. <laughs> Again, this was, a lot of this was personal. Having known some of the things behind the scenes, a lot of this was personal. And yes, there is ego involved. But yeah. the thing is, when Cornel West left the People's Party to go to the Green Party, that created a rift. Oh, so that's that's something to think about. Then there is the fact of Jimmy wanting to help work with the campaign and the campaign being like, you know, not thinking that was a good idea. I actually don't think it's a good idea. I don't think they're on the same page when it comes to what they're looking at. And Here's the thing. Jimmy Dr. has a different West, style. A different yeah. style, not only that, but Dr. West wrote a book called Race Matters. Yeah. Dr. West is telling you that race does matter. So yeah. Dr. West is not going to remove that from a part of his campaign, especially being a Black man in America. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. West has been arrested multiple times protesting for some of these rights. He's been fighting for Black liberation for longer than I've been alive. Yeah. So the thing is, he's not. that's not something he's going to remove from his campaign. The other thing, like I told you guys um, back when the interview happened, before the interview even started, there was already racist comments in the chat towards Dr. West before it even started. Now, I don't know where all these racist ass MAGA people came from, because I don't usually watch Jimmy live. That's usually, that's my movie night. So I usually don't see him live.
21: He has a lot of MAGA.
0: yeah, Yeah, but again... Where did those people come from, Karen? So that right there lets you know when it comes to the policies, no, they're not on the same page. They're not on the same page when it comes to the policies. So the thing is, is I understand why Dr. West's campaign may have thought that's not a good that's not a good idea. There's also the fact too. Another thing that I saw. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I saw a clip. Where I think Pasta was co hosting, it was him and Kurt. And okay. they were basically talking about Vivek saying that Ayanna Presley's statement was like a Klansman or something like that. And I sat there and I'm watching them defend Vivek Ramaswamy and make fun of white supremacy. And that's not the first time I've seen that happen on Vivek's that show the jerk. this year. Yeah. yeah. So something has changed. And I've been watching that show. For a long time but this year I have noticed a difference and my thing is this whether you like Democrat here's the thing I can't stand the Democratic Party. No I can't stand the Republican Party. No nope, they're a crap I yeah. focus more on the Democratic Party because a lot of people really do believe that they are better when they're not like they're they're all corporate they're all corrupt just like all parties, all those parties Republican and Democrat they're both the same way and references they're to all that.
21: neoliberals yeah yeah
0: exactly that being said, we have to be careful not to be that we're so adversarial towards the Democratic Party where we're just being contrarian just to be contrarian, even when what was right in front of our face with a vague Ramaswamy was clearly not right. And you you don't want to see want to see the difference. Look at the way that Pasta covered that on Jimmy's show and look at the way that RBN covered it. We covered
21: the same story. I didn't see that with Pasta and Kirk. Kirk gets under my skin a lot anyway.
0: (laughs) You'll you'll see the difference. You'll see the difference, the way that we covered it and the way that Pasta covered on Jimmy's show. So yes, we all realize the Democrats suck. We totally get that. However, that does not mean that we sit there and we make excuses for these blatant racist comments coming from the other
21: side. And no, that that's should never what, happen. Yeah.
0: Right. That clip in particular, and someone sent it to me. That's how I saw it. That clip in particular was very offensive. And I, I cannot defend it. that. And I will not defend that. You don't see me out here defending Vivek Ramaswamy. No.
21: I don't so, know why anyone would. He's, he's a used car
0: salesman. He's, again, because it's the whole thing of the Democrats are bad. And I totally get that. And I agree the Democrats are bad. But again, don't, let's not sit here and pretend like both parties aren't bad and they both don't have their issues because what's happening what will happen is people will take these clips from the show and they'll put it on Twitter and they'll say, look, Jimmy's saying vote for Donald Trump. Of course, they won't have the whole context. Exactly. but I think what people have to understand and I haven't I haven't spoken to Jimmy in a while but next time I get the opportunity to speak to Jimmy what I would say to him is that when you say to Dr. West that he's telling people that Biden is the lesser too evil if he doesn't say that Dr. West is fascist, I get that. But what I also get is that when you tell people, that Joe Biden is more fascist than Donald Trump, which is what was said in that interview with Dr. West, you were also telling people that Trump is the lesser evil. And that's what I wished Dr. West would have said in that interview in that, in, when he was pushing back, because the thing is, technically they were both doing the same thing. Just They were
21: both doing the same thing. Yep, It, it, it became a, yeah, it's, it, it, I don't know. Uh, Biden has a longer record of showing he's a racist, though. Like, with, like uh, I wrote the crime bill and all that. He does have the record of showing that, you know. Um, so I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not even just the record, though. Because because the thing is, it's not even just the political record. We cannot sit here and forget that Donald Trump. Didn't try to have the he he pushed for the Central Park Five to be executed, even after they were acquitted.
21: And well, I know he's a crazy he's a crazy innocent. man.
0: They're they're all nuts, right? <laughs> like, I don't know right. how these people get in power. But think about what you just said. They're all nuts. Yeah. Cornell West is running a third party campaign. He's running against Donald Trump and Cornell West. So yeah. why is there so much focus on? you should only criticize Joe Biden. No, you got to criticize both. No, I I think that's what Timmy was saying. You have
21: to criticize both equally. They're both crap.
0: Right, but when he says that Joe Biden is more of a fascist than Donald Trump, to the people in the audience, particularly- I didn't hear that. I
21: heard they're both fascists.
0: No, no, no. Go back and watch the interview again because I covered it. On the show, when he says Joe Biden is a bigger fascist than Donald Trump. Yeah, I I hear that, Dwayne. I know he said they both are. But he also went on to say that Biden is even more of a bigger fascist. When you say that, too, you are also telling MAGA people that are in your audience, and I saw the comments, you are also telling them that Trump is a lesser evil to Biden. So you have to be careful. That's the point I'm
21: trying to make. But then again, Cornell was on a show that I watched, and he was calling Trump everything under the sun. And people in this dream who were loving him got really angry after a while. They got tired of the fifth or sixth time where he's calling Trump everything under the sun. Because there's that, too. You've got to, you know... Cool it on that a little bit too. They're both assholes, <laughs> both Biden. And exactly.
0: Trump. And the thing is, the other thing is too. Um, so I've interviewed Dr. West a couple of times. And the thing is like, I, I don't even know where this came from, where people are saying like, he's, he's running on white supremacy. Cornel Who? West is not running on white supremacy.
21: That's insane. Yeah. But that's what they do.
0: But Cornel yeah. West is not running on that. If people, if people not. look at the actual interviews that he's had with people, that was not even the first. And in reference to criticizing the Democratic Party, the very first interview I have with Cornell West when he announced, it was the same week he announced with Russell Brand. He came onto my show. He criticized okay. not just Joe Biden. He He called out Bernie Sanders and he called out Jamal Bowman by name, particularly Jamal Bowman. So people need okay. to go back and watch these interviews. So when people say Joe Biden's um, Cornell West isn't even criticizing Biden or Democrats at all, that's a fucking lie. Oh, and I okay. want people to understand that that is yeah, not true. Yeah, people
21: just use Jimmy as a reference; they'll see it only that way. They won't see the interview you had,
0: no, right? or the interview that he's had with RB, the multiple interviews he's had with Nick and CJ, or the multiple interviews he's had with Black Power Media. People don't okay. watch these channels. No, that's they don't the problem. have time.
21: Yeah. That's what I, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, because if you watched it from the Jimmy perspective, you'd say he's too soft on Biden and he's too hard on Trump. You know, that's the way people will read it, and that's not that's not fair. From what you've just said, that's not yeah, that's not fair. That's not right.
3: You can't care. And yes, you. So here's the thing. I can't let it slide that he was. Over enthusiastic. that yeah. what i saw was abusive behavior okay because oh. when you just give me a sec
21: okay i don't yeah, you're cutting in and out oh can you hear me now yeah it's cutting a bit okay so
3: when you go upside someone's head beat them up so on and so forth i hear that as Oh no, I'm beating you up like this because I love you. I want to do. I want. I want. What's for you? That's the reason why I hit you. That's what that sounded like to me. That didn't sound like that's Jimmy's style, though. Easy. He does that. It's terrible.
21: And
3: then, and, and um, what was the other thing? Uh, and then, like, if if a person turns you away, you're like, oh, you're, you're nothing without me. You're gonna lose. You ain't gonna make it without me. That's abusive behavior. That's not it. Yeah. Us.
21: Well, I guess you could so interpret. Yeah.
3: We, we should really distinguish that. You know, so that's all. I, I think know. he was
21: trying to live vicariously through him and he, 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 he over Jimmy has a temper. I mean, he's, he's been his own worst enemy a few times. This isn't the first time he's done this. He overreacts to things like,
13: you know, you when go, you,
21: you just shake your head,
13: and even before Sorry? the interview, it actually I just remembered um, like Jimmy was saying something like uh, before the stream began, like, you know, I hope that he still makes it. I hope that he still shows up,
9: he likes um, you him. know, sort
13: of insinuating, sort of insinuating that he might not come. And then uh, um, I also listened to uh, Misty's show on TNT when Jimmy went on. And he said, yeah, I don't know if Dr. West will actually come on. He's scheduled. We'll see. So he was sort of salty from the very beginning, like Sabi was saying. Right,
21: because this shit was personal. Well, Um, the way he reacted to the CNN thing with with, uh, Anderson, that was despicable. I came in late that day, and I thought something horrible had happened to Cornell. And then when I realized, I thought, wait, that's way overreacting. Because Cornell or uh, uh, Anderson was the asshole that day. It was, I, I, I you know, it was despicable the way uh, Anderson was, and Cornell is can be nice to a fault, but at the end, I still thought Cornell came out smelling better. You know, like like you were saying, oh, give somebody crit- enough rope. Yeah, when I covered
0: that, my criticism was more about Anderson Cooper of than course, it was he was about. A jerk. Uh, yeah, it was about Cornell West. But um, yeah, I know, like I, I remember that clip and people were like, whoa, why is he so like angry and stuff like that? Again, like I said, a lot of this is personal and it just- There was something behind it.
21: Yeah. 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 I, I did, you, you know, know that I don't know that, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. No, it's just, he wanted to get on his campaign and they told him, no, that's okay. Um, we got this and he got offended. That's that I mean everybody pretty much knows. Yeah, he's that. got a
21: big ego. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like, "Oh,
3: how can you not? I am I am do you know who I am?" And, you know
13: Roger. Hey, you know. I also think it's like, you know, Jimmy having people around him like that just like Kurt to me like, like after I mean, that I mean, interview, didn't... he didn't sound like he was disappointed. Kurt was just like laughing and joking like I don't think he cares about politics Kurt's that much. Not too like bright, to him. Though. <laughs>
21: He really isn't.
13: No, he just doesn't really care whether a third party candidate like like I I think Kurt was just like talking shit. Like, I just I don't think he really cares if like a third party is successful or not. I just don't
21: Uh, Well, they need a third party even up here in Canada. It was a third party. The reason we have Medicare for all and it started in one province and grew like a brush fire. And it was, I think they only had like 5%. So that's all you need. Like, I think it was as small as that. So you just oh, wow. like, you just need that much power to make change as, um, what's his face, uh, economic uh, update. Uh, 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 I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Richard wolf says, you don't need a big majority to make change. You just need, you know. That's true. You just need that's true yeah and i mean the
0: thing is like i agree with jimmy on a lot of the issues at the same time like you know it just there's some things like you got to push back on regardless of who the person is and that's why i keep telling people be careful about falling into that cult of personality like don't be so wrapped up in the personality that we can't see okay look i don't think that was a good idea this time around or i don't think what you said or the way you said it was was good because the thing is like my audience will tell me, like, "Hey, Seb, I don't like what you did there." Like, people will tell me, people will email me or people email, DM me, and they'll tell me. So I get feedback from my audience, and I read it, and then yeah. I, you know, reevaluate things. And like, "Oh, damn, I guess I wasn't that well versed on that after all." So I don't look at it as a bad thing. Um, but I think especially like if you're doing any type of show or podcast or whatever, you're gonna get critiqued a lot, right? Now mm-hmm. some is in good faith and some is in bad faith, but this some idea of it, yeah. That
21: like, ignore, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you you have to you have to weed out the the more important things and the things that are not so important. Um, but I, I think you know I, I hope like you know things work out between the two of them. Um, I, I really do, but it, it hedges might be the bridge,
21: though. Hedges could be a bridge.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it it was very apparent to me, you know, there were some hurt feelings.
21: Yeah, I think on both sides. um, Yeah, like, I don't think Jimmy's a racist. I think he just says stupid things at times. And and he doesn't, he just keeps going. And then later realize, he doesn't realize that's the thing. He doesn't realize, like, he needs an awakening. Like, you know? And I don't think his wife holds him to task. He gets He's like a spoiled kid at times. You see him getting away with stuff, and I just go, somebody's going to straighten him out because he has a temper. I've, I've watched him with the live streams to people who are his bread and butter, getting mad at people for comments they wrote. And they stopped him reading the, the chats. This is a few years ago because of that. So he doesn't know how to control his temper. He's okay. got that Irish temper. And it's, it doesn't serve him well, you know? Um,
3: He could dish it out, but he can't take it. That's the way I see it.
21: Part of partly. Yeah. 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 And you can't
3: have, you can't, the worst thing you could do is surround yourself by enablers, like talking about the chat and people. Yeah.
21: Like, like Kirk just agrees with every damn thing he says. Yeah. That's why he's a bit of a sycophant. Yeah.
3: well, I just see that more as him, as like he's getting paid to do that. You know, I just see that. I see that as him just laughing at all his jokes, like Edmund Mann and Johnny Carson. Oh, I was yeah. Talking yeah. About, I was talking about the people in the chat and the people that are going, yeah, yeah, because those people are not your
21: friends. Well, yeah, when and he was doing the Cornell like, Fit thing, I, I didn't like the right. comics. I thought this is right. over the yeah. top when I realized. Right. Those the people, comments,
0: the comments on. in the live chat before the interview even started were already negative and racist. And I saw those comments for myself. So that right there let you know that no matter what Dr. West said on that interview, the audience for the most part, not everybody, but the audience for the most part was already against him. Now compare that to the comments I saw in the live chat in reference to RFK. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people saying free Palestine. Don't get me wrong. That was oh, a lot of the lefties. Yeah. A lot of the lefties Them, coming in. Hello, hello, At
13: the
21: same time. That was deplorable, the Palestine stuff. That I was disgusted. Yeah, like, he, this
0: guy's fucking ridiculous.
13: But the the yeah. us in the chat going, free Palestine. Like, I felt very, I felt happy that day. Like, that we all came together. And RFK has never recovered. So, good job, team. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Also, Karen. You don't, yeah. you don't have to be racist to say racist things. Always I guess, that. yeah.
21: That's what I'm saying. He says stupid things without realizing. Like, I, I think Jimmy has run off at the rules. mouth disease and nobody filters him. He gets away with too much.
3: And some of those stupid things can be racist. That's all I'm
21: saying. Some, yeah, people, I, like,
0: some people have done the filter, but they've been canceled after doing so. I will say oh, that. Oh, with him? Yeah. Not by not by him, but by by audience members. Like I, I like what happened to for example, like I Oh remember- yeah, I've had
21: people jump on me when I make a negative comment about Jimmy and I just go, whatever. <laughs> like for you know, I've had people jump all over me and I go, I'm sorry. That's just fine. That's your opinion, not mine. Like he, he lacks tact and diplomacy. I I think I said that the last time I was on your show. He lacks that. He needs he needs some skills there, you know? Uh, well, he just goes and doesn't... Uh, there's,
0: pod, there's podcasters in this space that have been canceled too. There's podcasters that have kind of been canceled too. I don't know if everybody remembers. Um, I mean, you guys know, uh, like although Grant, Graham Elwood's kind of been on a rampage too,
21: damn. Oh, like, Graham he said he's a racist. He, he's he gone a little yeah. hair I like Graham too, yeah, but I don't like does. some of it.
0: Everyone's lost their fucking mind. Like he, they had that disagreement about the COVID stuff. I remember that, like on stream. And then yeah, it was, was like well, since then it was like, uh, you know he's he's still very angry. He's he's very angry, and I'm just like,
21: but you know, Graham's what... got to control his temper too. He's got that temper too. He he says things and you go, oh that's enough, and I changed the channel. You know.
0: Well, I'm like, well what what the fuck happened here? Like why are people still talking about this stuff? Like look we have fallen outs with people it happens in life you know i'm pretty sure everybody is not friends with everyone they were friends with when they were like you know a kid or whatever like pe- people exactly. have like yep. fallouts and stuff like that but at some point you got to move on yeah
13: something this- yeah. else this is i think i think people are angry because maybe in like uh for Graham, it's like there's money involved like losing subscribers You know, it can feel like, uh, you know, an audience turning on you is uh, Jimmy's fault or a financial lab. Like TYT, I think, genuinely. He's monetized
21: now. He's getting money again.
13: Yeah, I think TYT hates the left because we left them. Like, you know, because they can't get lefty viewers to watch them to save their lives. Like, you know, there's like this like betrayal thing. I think these people feel... Honestly, maybe Crystal and Kyle, too, like they're pissed that they <laughs> don't have lefty commenters anymore or they're not as funny as the left or, you know, like I can see I see Kyle on Twitter now trying to post memes to be like a funny Twitter guy again. And it's just not a comedian. Yeah, he's not
21: really woke well. He looks a, he looks a lot like my son, actually. It's weird for me when i watch your dad oh my god his, looks very much,
13: i'm so sorry to hear yeah, that
21: except my son's not blonde he's got brown hair like Kyle. that's Houston.
2: good
13: that's
21: yeah <laughs> he's not dying a blonde yeah but, all right I, I know, something to happened to kyle I, I liked kyle and then he's too too establishment now yeah Can't it's called it. money that's what happened that's exactly what happened I think he's living in, I, I love to analyze people. I think he's living in cognitive dissonance with her and he's trauma bonded. I think <laughs> I really do because all his principles out the window, you don't change all your principles that dramatically after five years. I'm sorry. That could be, it could be what happened to him. I've seen it happen to people, a young younger men marrying a woman with money. I've seen it a couple of times. So let just All right. I got I got 10 minutes.
0: So we're going to bring the other callers really quick. Thank you so much, Karen. Okay,
21: Cameron. well thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, Joey, you're on the mic.
15: Boosh. Okay. I'm I'm here. So today we had um or 16 arrests at the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Arts, and I'm here in New York. Doing that wave uh, climate wave week of action and that leads up to the um, New York March to end fossil fuels on September 17th. And today, like I said, we were at the MoMA, um, which was featuring the Wisitu hereditary chiefs that were demanding that the MoMA uh, cut their ties with billionaire fundings that just dis- that are destructions of their vulnerable communities and in indigenous lands. Um, the MoMA keeps doing business with Henny Kavris, who is the firm KKR, owns the Coastal gas, line, gas Link Pipeline in Canada and a giant methane project in the south. Yesterday, we closed down Citibank, or Citibank headquarters here in New York, and that ended up with 26 arrests. And the day before, we shut down BlackRock.
0: Yeah, I saw this on um, Twitter. I'm going to talk about it a little bit on Sunday.
15: It's been a great, crazy week. And um, if anyone wants to join, the climate folks are headed to um, nfossilfuels.us. But the Green Party folks have an event going on for the march also. And on Facebook, there is a Google document to sign up via there to say that you're going to march with the Green Party. And if you're in New York, come say hey to me, take a selfie. Um, And we're not done after Sunday. That's all I got to say. We're not done yet. I love you all. What's up, Savvy?
0: That sounds good.
15: All right. I'll see you guys later.
0: All right, thank you so much. And we're going to bring in Sean and the last one will be Bad Cookies. What's up Sean? Just gotta hit uh unmute. Going once, going twice, going Sorry, three mom, times. A it was, there
17: you go.
0: it. <laughs> yeah. What's
9: up Sean?
22: Not much. I was uh I I definitely agree with Jimmy. The, the, what I was thinking about um earlier is like if we if we really just asked Jimmy like, "Hey, Cause you denounce racism on your show like clearly denounce it you know what i mean like if like if you're a racist if you think this and the other if you don't understand the plight of like slavery and you're not interested in learning leave hmm.
0: damn sean <laughs> i'm gonna bring it noel <laughs>
15: <laughs>
7: um, I don't think he's gonna do that.
15: <laughs> you
7: know, because Jimmy Dore understands the makeup of his audience. He has created something of a safe space for these people. And You know, you can't just be totally obtuse to what's going on in the chat. So he has to know. And he's playing to this. So if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, you know, you're duck adjacent at least. And that's, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And that's why... We have such a problem in this country. And that's why the minute you say anything about race, it becomes a polarizing and divisive issue. But this country cannot have the real history that it has. And race not be a part of it. It clearly is. And until we, on the so-called left, and by left, I mean the nonpartisan left, are able to discuss these issues in a way that just doesn't turn to a a barn burner or a non-starter, then we're never going to be able to build that critical mass that will change this system. Race is a part of the problem. And I have such an issue with people who believe that this country can and should be changed in ways that quote unquote deal with class and not race. Because as we said a million times, race is a subdivision of class. The lower class was further divided by race. And we have to be willing to see those divisions erased in order that we move ahead. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to build that coalition. And I think, you know, the way, you know, Cornell, um, Jimmy Dore interviewed Cornel West, it was blatantly condescending. He was rude. And if he can't see it, he needs to go back and rewatch that tape and and see where he was talking in a way that was dismissive. In a way that was condescending. This man is a PhD. He's worked at some of the best institutions in this nation. He is a public intellectual. And there is just a certain way. He deserved to be handled. And I just don't see this. You know where people are saying. Well they both had energy this and that. Cornel West was a guest. On Jimmy Dore's podcast. There is a certain way. You should respect your guest, even if you disagree with what they're saying. Cornel West is not normally a disagreeable person, but to see him pushed in that way that he felt he had to be defensive. It was not a good thing. And Jimmy needs to own that. He created the context and the environment. And, you know, so. And this debate about whether he is a racist or not, he is still racist adjacent. And there are things he could do to shift that, but he's not going to because he knows that is a part of his audience and probably more significant part than any of us know.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and, and just to let you guys know, I've had people reach out to me since this interview has happened. That are friends with both. That are friends with both of them, you know, and they were just really sad by what they saw. Do you remember the uh, dollars?
3: that Like you didn't? I don't. I'm, I don't think you got it the first time, Sabrina. I, when I said, because uh, when you was on the uh, on the panel, I said, make it real simple. If you got five people, and four out of five has ten dollars. And the fifth has a dollar. And then you gave all of them $20. Is that
0: equal? I remember. Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Now you get it. Got it. You was under
3: pressure last time. That's why I didn't get it. So You're have
0: giving me math problems, man.
3: (laughs) So so you got to say to yourself, why did that fifth person get the you know, uh, $20 when they should have gotten $29 to bring them up to par with the other two who went from $20 to $30. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's the example that I use that make it simple for them. When, when they talk about, oh, no, it's class. No, no, the class is, intri- with us, with the fifth person, class is intricately tied to race because we you give all of us the same thing we're still lower than everyone else
1: Mm.
0: so i see some of the comments in the chat and again i'm going to let you guys know again there's things i know that happen in the background that people are not aware of (laughs) so i'm just going to keep that about. just let you know even before that interview took place there are things that happen in the background before that interview took place So let's not, don't be so quick to defend someone because that's the person you like. That's something to think about. Um, I want to bring in Bad Cookies as well. Bad Cookies, just go ahead and unmute. You sound muffled. Hello? You sound muffled, Bad Cookies. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh don't know. We can hear you. Bad cookies, what happened? Okay, while well, we we'll wait for bad cookies, go ahead, Sean.
11: Yeah. So,
22: so I think, I think my might cut out. Uh, I, w- I would, uh, I would. Was... Oh,
0: I thought someone'd go in there. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Robert, yeah. Can you mute? Okay. We're, we're, we're yeah. just going to try this again. Bad cookies? Yes.
9: Hello, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah. All right. You just
9: muted yourself. Hey, man, know. I'm having technical difficulties. Sorry, I'm trying to hurry this up. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Tabby? can you hear me? Doing good, I can hear you. Excellent. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone's asked you this yet, but uh, after watching the interview, I wanna know what your perspective was, what was going through your mind while you were having that interview with Peter Dow? What was your thoughts when you were asking him the questions?
0: um i mean i think that especially in reference to like some of the things some of the questions that i did ask like when i said like you know what was your part in the bernie bro thing he's like oh i didn't have anything to do that like obviously i knew that wasn't true because i had the tweets so that's why i said well no i've seen tweets of you calling like bernie supporter sexist and then he admitted that was true so it's like There were some things I was just like, I felt like he didn't want to admit to, but then I felt like there were other things that he did admit to. Like he did admit to the military stuff. He did admit to, you know, the whole issue with the IDF and in the Marianne Williamson campaign. And I think there's going to be more, by the way, that comes out about Marianne's campaign based on what I've seen from Jen Dies because Jen has posted on Twitter, she's not done with reporting about that campaign. So just FYI, people. Jen's on a rampage. Like, I'm serious. Like, she coming after folks. So.
9: (laughs) All right. Well, that's good to hear uh, because I I like that expose kind of stuff. And uh, I also wanted to give you my quick perspective of that interview. Um, I felt that uh, he wasn't being very honest. I I felt like uh, a lot of the segments, like you caught him slipping on a lot of his little his little lies that he kept backtracking on. I think Roger even called him out on one in the chat on the replay that I was watching. Uh, I I don't really trust this guy, but what I wanted to say about that is that it really doesn't matter if I trust this guy or not. The the main issue is I don't trust Peter Dow. And I think that's going to be a problem for me supporting Dr. West in his election. However, that's irrelevant for everyone else's desire to support Dr. West. I mean, like, if you truly believe Peter Dow has changed his colors and and he's going to do a good job for Dr. West, you know, more power to you. Go ahead and support Dr. West. I mean, I saw a lot of people in that chat trying to uh, support Dr. Shiva. If you want to support Dr. Shiva, more power to you as well. I mean, even if you want to sit there and support a, a sausage McMuffin, do that.
2: I think that was do like, whatever it takes. I think that was Just like do one not support
9: guy. The that's all. Doctor- that's all I ask. I just, just want to say this is going to be good for Dr.
0: West. Have um, at it. I just want to say what we never got a chance to get to because Dr. Shiva did talk for a long time. Dr. Shiva is not in support of BDS. His position in reference to Israel and Palestine is not good. Go watch, go on YouTube, watch the interview with Dr. Shiva and Last American Vagabond and you'll see what I'm talking about. That's what they talk about. So just FY, he's not good on that.
2: There was like just, there was like one guy in the chat who kept like posting the same Dr. Shiva amazing yes. or something. <laughs> I think he made it look
13: like there was more.
0: That guy's <laughs> always in the chat when when I have a candidate.
13: What if it is? Or something Dr. about a candidate. What if it's on, you know, if it's him on one of his <laughs> just be like Dr. Shiva for press like, you I know, he's got like a paid,
2: I think he's got got like a paid assistant sy- sick <laughs>
20: Uh, I, I forgot the
2: third person is way more funny. Dr. Shiva
22: thinks great things.
17: <laughs> I forgot to ask you. Uh, I heard something about him
2: inventing email, but I, I didn't hear much.
3: So. <laughs> I forgot to ask you, Sabrina. You said Midwestern Marxist was gonna interview Oliver Anthony. Th- th- um, did yeah. that happen? Where do I find that at? No,
0: no, he was stuck at Burning Man. He was stuck at the flood
3: which one oliver anthony Anthony. was stuck at
0: the flood yeah he was supposed to perform at burning man and he got stuck at the flood so he wasn't able to make the interview
1: oh okay
0: i know it sucked like they they announced it on twitter that's how i found out and i was like oh shoot okay i know i wanted to see the interview too right okay cool
3: well, I did you forgot to remind one. us about that interview not, not an interview, but that debate you had With that guy As soon as it got close you, 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 I saw it, I don't know I think everyone else forgot about it But that, what's that guy That liberal guy that you Ended up debating because he said Something about uh, College kids uh, Something like that Black people in college What
7: was that guy's name?
0: You talking about this is a uh, podcast
7: debate?
0: Yep. Yeah, it was a. Po-
9: what, what was his he, name again? He
7: was. He's a professor.
9: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Norm, Norm, Norm Finkelstein. Finkelstein. Yes, 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 he's yes. He's not a liberal.
0: Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I thought you know Norm Finkelstein been around for a long time. Like he lost. I remember he lost one of his professorships because he was in support of Palestine. Right. I'm just saying that you forgot to tell us about.
3: To, you know like once the date got closer you forgot to tell us to watch it like you told us about oh yeah watch it it's coming in two months and then I, when, it, when it I think I was the only one that watched it out, out of out of the group. Did anybody else watch the interv- um, interview?
0: I, I have to send debate? it in the newsletter. It's on Plebity I have to send it the newsletter. I totally forgot but thanks for the reminder.
3: Yeah
22: think one thing I wanted to add um, so Sabby, I wrote um a letter to Cornel West. Uh, I have a friend who's in the Green Party. She's dope. She's amazing. She's, like, she's real. Um, but I, it, I'd i like you to take a look at it because I'm thinking about maybe, like, because I, I think it, it, it kind of consolidates a lot of what people are feeling. Like, I think Jimmy was entirely out of line, but you see, you know what I mean? You've all kind of made the same point. And the point is, is that, like, Cornel West is dealing with a group of people who are feeling a great deal of trauma because of Bernie Sanders and yes. every t- every time that Cornell West <clears throat> looks similar to Bernie Sanders it causes just massive trauma to kind of go through the entire community and I think that's really what's happening this is that because we all know it, we, like we were how many of us remember like vividly remember the debate with Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and just like screaming at the television, like losing your mind over it. Like, we all know that right now. I know that people like in the chat right now know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. And and every time Cornell West looks like he's going the way of Bernie Sanders, it just, it just sends ripples of just trauma throughout the entire support group because of the fact, if you care about something, it hurts 10 times more if it... <sighs> yeah, if you no, care about you're, something...
0: No, you're right, you're right, Sean. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
22: and, and so my, my my thought process on this is that like he needs to understand he has to be the healer of this movement. You know what I mean? He has to be the person to like literally go out and show I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to abandon you, I'm going to be here for you. And if push comes to shove, I will push Bernie Sanders, and I won't push you. You know what I mean? I will burn the bridge with Bernie Sanders. I like like I like my friendship with Bernie Sanders does not ma- matter more. Than the salvation of poor people the salvation you know what i mean like you people matter more to me than bernie sanders and i think that is if cornell west just understands that and lives that i don't think anything can stop it you know what i mean because i think he'll get more and more support because what we truly need is the public to understand the difference of the democrats or republicans isn't a fucking difference you know what i mean and that like we need people to understand on like a very visceral level that like, and I'm talking about the American public, that they're, they're all being played. And if Cornell West can make a hard break with the Democrat party and the narratives of the Democrat party to actually create a narrative of like, they're all screwing you over, then we have the ability to change this entire system because it's like Occupy Wall Street. They did they did great job, but they never created a message. And they had the entire nation watching them and they didn't think about like oh right now we need to tell the people what's really going on we're getting screwed over they almost destroyed the economy you're losing your houses and they're getting bonuses damn damn obama and damn every republican you know what i mean that That's would right. have been a power, powerful message and they, they they squandered that opportunity that was another time i was just screaming at the television but i think i think that if cornell west just gets it that like he he has to be that message He has to be the messenger of us, you know, and I'm a Christian too. Like I'm full on Christian. Like I 100% believe in God, but he needs to understand. And I wrote this in the letter. Like we don't need another Jesus, you know, Sermon on the Mount. We need Jesus in the temple with the whip. Like that's where we're at right now. And he has the opportunity to get a chance to actually become that and become the leader of a movement that is like MLK. And the other thing is, is that like, and this is the last point, M.O.K was a lot of things but he wasn't just he wasn't nice. You know what I mean? He literally said like you're going to hell. he, and he didn't mean that metaphorically. <laughs> you know mean? He meant that real life fire brimstone hell exists, you're going there. That's who M.O.K was, you know what I mean? He just understood like the message of Jesus in in a very real sense which is, is like You you will be held responsible for your actions. I mean, it's it's like you think that you have all the power in the world, that you're you're the safest person in the world because you hurt other people. You know what I mean? Like if I do the hurting, I can't be hurt. That's the philosophy of American politics, but that's not how this works. Cornel West needs to be a more represent uh, representative of that kind of idea, because until he does that. Everybody is coming from a place of deep trauma, scared and afraid that if they put their faith in this man, if they put their money in this man, he's going to do to them exactly what he did to Bernie, what Bernie Sanders did to us. And every time he talked about, like, Bernie's my good friend, this, that and the other, he's he's giving that impression. And I don't think it's necessarily true. But at the same time, like, I'm still dealing with the trauma. You know, And the thing about trauma is it's not it, – it, like – I can think out of it, but it still fucking hurts. You know what I mean? It still causes me anxiety. And if that's and I spent all, all my time thinking that, like, I spent all my time thinking if I have trouble out thinking that shit, then the average person who doesn't think as much as I do, they're feeling that shit a thousand times worse. So I just, I, I, and yeah. I would one just look- like to say, I, one, one, one last thing. I'd love for you to take a, a look at that letter if you ever get a chance. So if you want to send me an email or whatever, I'd be very happy to share it with you.
0: Yeah, would be good. I, I think, I, I think. Um, I mean, I think you bring up a really good point. I think the thing is, is that again, like that—that's exactly what I was trying to tell Peter and I. Was look, look, bro, the threshold is a lot higher. Things are so different now, so much different now. Like, in this—that's Bernie Sanders' fucking fault. Go ahead, Roger, and then I'll bring in the Tory, and then
3: I gotta head out. So, Sean, if it feels that existential and that like traumatic, maybe people should get off depending solely on the politician and seeing what they could get done at home in their state. You know what I mean? Because, again, I've been saying this for a year we gotta wean ourselves off of that, off of trying to depend on the politician and seeing what we could get done at home. This way, each uh, election, in terms of president especially, doesn't feel like so existential where the stakes is high. Like, we gotta get this one right. We gotta get this one right. It's like, no, you could be like, well, we already got those things. We got those things over there. We got it over there. All right, we, we almost good. Let's see what he can do over on this we don't, then at least yeah. we still got this, 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 and this.
22: I do hear you with that. I just think that, like, the only time kind of Americans pay attention to anything outside of their just normal bubble is national elections. And that's the reason, let, like, I think Cornell West is in a very great position because of the fact he has the ability to bring, you know, a blow horn to, a, I literally think the Democrat or Republican parties are cults, but bring a blow horn to a couple of cults, you know what I mean? whose cult members don't even realize they're in a cult. And that's why I think like Cornell West is uniquely positioned to have a large effect on that particular element of the
10: while
0: Well said. Notori. go, go, go ahead. ahead.
10: I don't know how true this is, but I am preparing myself to get ready for Nina Turner to join West campaign. And all I'm going to say is,
0: yeah, um You bet Zoya Zoya did say that. Zoya Zoya did say that um I guess she was being considered for one of the positions. Yeah, there there was but that doesn't surprise me. But the thing is, is this is like we did get mad at Nina Turner and tell her you should have ran independent or third party when she was running for Congress. We get we told her multiple times you need to leave the Democratic Party. So if Nina Turner leaves the Democratic Party, I'm not going to be mad at her for leaving the Democratic Party. Also, let's all remember, Nina Turner also left TYT. And maybe the reason why she left TYT is because she was leaving the Democratic Party. Because let's be clear, TYT is Democratic Party-ish. So you can't be on TYT and pushing third parties. You can't. So I wonder if that's why she left TYT. Go ahead, Noel. Something to think about. I was
7: going to say that does make a type of sense. I wasn't aware that she had left TYT. So those two things do run together. They run adjacent if because we know we've talked about the Democrat orbit. And if you're in that democratic orbit, you are going to be at the end of the day towing the party line. And, you know, I just want to remind people that, like I said, we live in this bipartisan reality for the most part. They control a lot of the narrative. And the people who are heavily ensconced in either one of these parties, it's a big hurdle To break free, because when you break free, you got to know that you are doing as AOC would frame it a lot of relational harm. And and I think it extends deeper for the people who gain great sense of self and insight from being in those circles, because when you step away, I imagine you're going to be framed out in a lot because I know, you know, living here in Ohio when Nina Turner refused to endorse Hillary Clinton and she got on the Bernie train, there were a lot of doors closed on her. So you oh. do the relational harm is real when you step out of those two party things once you've been in there. So maybe now that you mention she has left TYT, maybe this is because she is signaling that she is leaving the Democratic Party.
0: Um, I just want to answer a question in the chat uh, or statement. Ghost Unit said Cornell West needs reparations in his list. Reparations is on his website. And I talked to him about that the very first interview uh, after he had announced. So I keep forgetting, Noelle, that you are in her district. I keep forgetting that.
7: Yeah, because you know, I reached out to her in my situation where I'm trying to deal with this, you know, fraud and cover-up that I've been the victim of, and, you know, I've spoken with she and Chantel Brown, and I spoke with Chantelle Brown before Chantelle Brown was a congresswoman, and I've reached out to her since. It is a lot of corruption here. And, you know, one of the things that I'm noticing or, or and I'm experiencing firsthand Is this collapse of the media sphere has really dramatically changed the whole outlook because these people can disappear you in a local way, just like they do people on the national or international circuit. They just shut you down, shut you out. And you're just whatever has happened to you is real. But nobody else knows about it but you because nobody is willing to speak on it. It's horrible. And, you know, both and Nina Turner, though, she indicated that she might try and help me, did not. And Chantel Brown just doesn't do anything. So it's it's really a hot mess out here. But I do know that this district is heavily Democrat and You know, if you're on the outs with some of them, you're on the outs with all of them. So we'll see.
0: Do you think that's why, Noelle, do you think that's why she didn't criticize the squad members for not supporting her? Oh,
7: absolutely. Because she did not want to be out of that loop completely. You know, and, but you do harm to, you know, it's a fine line and a tight rope to walk, but you do harm to the masses When you do those little subtle things that you think are subtle because you're trying to straddle the line. But people are looking for credibility. People are looking for you to speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that's why, you know, it is I, I see no positive in Cornell continuing to do this comparative between Trump and Biden and, you know, doing this lesser of evils thing, because that's what it comes down to. And you're dealing with the the masses who understand that they are both equally dysfunctional and equally harmful to our objectives as people. None of them are going to change our material conditions. So it doesn't make sense to, you know, try and discern between the authoritarian fascists, between the neoliberal fascists or, you know, it's, That stuff just becomes a lot of language. People at the end of the day need to know that you understand that both of them are a threat to our way of life. And be it a slow gen fizz or a quick shot, they are both equally dangerous to the well being of everyday working class people. And that's the point. So he needs to start with policy, start with policy deal with those issues in terms of the current and past administration as necessary. But, you know, because what we're really fighting for is that majority of Americans that is neither Democrat nor Republican. The disaffected members of each of those parties will come, but we're really trying to engage that that big mass of people in America who are just turned off altogether. And I'm looking for Peter Dow as campaign manager to get Cornel West exposure up so that he is out there and people understand that he's running in ways that he can't do without a campaign manager. And that's what I'm looking for.
0: Well said. Hey, I just um, want to say uh,
2: regarding Nina Turner, I just put it in the chat um, when you look at her Twitter. I mean, it's, it's just Democrats, she's just boosting and promoting Democrats and insiders and stuff all over the place. I, I just highlighted one from today where it's, she's reposting a tweet from Our Revolution. Join our live town hall today with Barbara Lee, Ro Connor, Mark Polkin, Ina Presley, and Keith Ellison discussing how we build a more progressive America
0: yeah she's also been tweeting a lot about uh student loan debt and reparations as well, so it hasn't just been democrat just f y i like she's been tweeting a, particularly a lot about reparations uh she's been tweeting about that um so Zoya just said in the chat, i think it's really important. no one except Peter said yes according to the campaign. I'm not worried about his past I'm worried about the failed strategy of pursuing dim voters instead of non voters That's the toxic conventional mentality of campaign managers. So I think, again, we have to remember, it's not like they didn't ask anyone else. Zoya also said, working for Green Party campaign means no book deals, no speaker deals. It's a career killer. Many were invited and declined. Peter came on after Jason Call, who... Both defected from Marianne Williamson the same day. Yeah, that was a oh, that was not a good day for Marianne. I remember that. That was not a good day. Uh, Anthony. Oh, shoot. I don't know what happened to Anthony. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Sean. And by the way, I've interviewed Jason. Um, call multiple times. He's been on the channel. He's also been on RBN. Jason. Um he was one of those ones that was really frustrated. Like he ran in the democratic party as a progressive. And then after that, he was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to the green party. He said, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, Anthony, go ahead and unmute. You're in the speaker thing. Oh. I got five minutes.
23: Thank you so much. Good evening. Yeah. I was um at, I was at this rally earlier today. I didn't get to stay for the main event when um it was the, you know, the UAW and Bernie and, uh, a couple other politicians and i i was like hanging out before bernie showed up and then i had to go to work and um but you know i i so sad they're i think they're being co-opted you know that's my opinion you know other people think it's this is a good strategy but i definitely don't that's just my opinion um yeah and then i didn't get to speak on the cornell and jimmy and you know obviously yeah jimmy he's just out of pocket he has no he he doesn't know how to get his act together and that's very disappointing because i like him and i went to his comedy show the other day and everything i really like him but he's got to be nicer and yeah he's got a racial bias it's pretty obvious but i mean honestly i kind of agree with his criticism of uh cornell west and so you know I, i if cornell is just trying to like be the progressives, but green. And I don't think that's really going to even get
0: 5%. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some things that need to be worked on there. And I think like you brought up a really good point here, Anthony, two things can be true at the same time. I want us to always remember this guys. Like you don't always have to say when people say, Oh, who's side are you on sometimes two things can be true at the same time. It could be true that, you know, some of the things that, that Jimmy said about Cornell West campaign, that some of the things he need to work on is true, but it could also be true that there was a lack of respect there as well.
3: Sabrina, I have a goodbye theme song for you when you're ready.
0: Okay, let me bring in Sean and then we can head out.
3: <laughs> um, yeah,
22: Anything else you got, yeah.
0: Sean? I really got to go.
22: I know. I know. Uh, yeah, this is the whole Nina Turner situation. That that is the one thing that's scaring me. <laughs> like, I am horrified by that. Like, and I.
2: The the other I, thing is, in her Twitter, there's zero tweets about Cornell West. I Meanwhile, no, she, she.
0: No, that's not true. Actually, I, in fact, I've seen multiple tweets from Nina. I'm about looking Cornel at it now.
2: West. I don't know. I don't, I'm not seeing it.
1: Yeah.
0: No, and she it, no, because when Cornel West first announced he was running, she tweeted, she retweeted, and she actually. What is it called? Quote tweeted. She retweeted and she said that she she was very excited about him running.
14: Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm just not seeing anything yeah. now. So, she also went out of her way to mention Cornell West in a CNN clip that I clipped the other day. What yep, I think she does.
0: He also and interviewed I just, him too. She interviewed him on TYT.
22: And yes, yeah, I actually what what I wanted to ask was Noel because. Um, because it's amazing that you live in her district and that you've actually had dealings with her I just want to know like what do you have any more personal thoughts on her that could kind of like because I mean honestly I think that like with the progressives in on Twitter you know she might be like but I think that that again like I said it's more Bernie Sanders stuff so I would just kind of I, I mean I, I would I'd be happy to be educated on anything you might have to say or educate me about that that', that.
7: I'll make this quick. Um, My gut instinct is that Nina Turner really does care about changing the material conditions, as she says, of everyday working people. But like I say, we live in, for the most part, politically, a bipartisan reality. And I think, you know, early on, she cut her teeth on moving through that Democratic Party. She had gained a certain amount of you know, esteem here in Ohio. And then she gained a national profile through the Bernie Sanders movement. And I think it's just difficult for her to find her way outside of that and, you know, try and advance her core beliefs and values outside of the democratic thing. And I know, you know, I sense that she is very careful Not to make missteps in terms of getting out of alignment, because, you know, once you're out, I think you're really going to be out, especially at the level she's in. If she's not prepared to do a Cynthia McKinney type of move and just lead this whole thing and this and that. And I think she doesn't really see how that works or she's not willing to pay that price or make that level of sacrifice. You know, so uh, it, it's, it's just a tough call in terms of what people are willing to do in their personal and professional lives to advance the cause and issues of others. It comes back to at what cost, at what sacrifice. So there's that. Much appreciated. Sure. Thank you.
0: Whenever you're ready. Are you ready? Yep.
4: Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. Good night,
7: sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home.
3: Good night, everybody.
0: Good night, guys. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Good night. Bye.
14: Good night, everyone. Much love. Adios.
12: Hello. <laughs>